When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to your Thursday afternoon session. Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ, brought to you by Gull. They will fuel your mission all year round, like they do mine. Gull.nz. Get involved. They're involved with us, and we love them for it. Thank you, Gull, and all your great crew out there. Uh, Coming up on the show, we are going to be chatting after last night's... um, Amazing Silver Ferns performance, I thought, given it was the first test of a series. Uh, Opening quarter, 20 goals to nine. They led the Silver Ferns. And the amazing thing was, if you didn't watch it, it was 8-6 to Australia in the first quarter. And that sort of snuck away. That broken serve, if you like, up 8-6. And it finished 20 to nine. So they went on a 14-1 run, the Silver Ferns. It was amazing to watch. Peter Toyava was, if you do anything in your life in the next few days, watch Peter Toyava play netball. Really struggled to get a starting. It was her first start for the Silver Ferns last night. What an athlete she is. It was just brilliant. And a really cool thing, there's about at least 15 of the Black Ferns in the stands uh, cheering on the Silver Ferns. I love that. They're all staying at the same hotel, apparently. Um, How cool is that? The World Cup is on and... What are they? They're a couple of days out from, from their next match, but they went down and supported the Silver Ferns, and they were supporting. Don't worry about that. I think Ruby Tui was the most vociferous reporter, uh, sorry, supporter in the crowd for the Silver Ferns. It was wonderful to watch. Just wonderful to watch. Uh, so we're going to talk to Karen Berger just after one o'clock. Um, coming back from injury is Karen, our world-class defender. We'll see her take on the game and also where she's at with her recovery from the injury. Um, we'll have a quick chat to Brendan Popperwell from the TRB, probably have a look at the um, NPC semi-final prices and markets and see if they're moving at all. Uh, and then after two, we'll chat to Tony Johnson about those very semi-finals and just what he makes of this All Black 15. I mean, he's been around rugby and entrenched in rugby as long as any of us and probably spent more minutes on it than any of us. So I really want to get his take on this All Black 15 from the name, from the squad makeup, what the perceived intention is of it, because I'm still a little bit mystified. Really keen on Tony Johnson's views. Um, our Greyhound Racing chat today, which we do every Thursday, is with a guy called Dylan Voice. He's got some really interesting named Greyhounds. He's a foreman at a kennels, and uh, I'm told he's a pretty good tipster. So stick around for that just after the 2.30 news. We play Show Me The Money today. A $50 TAB bonus bet four-leg multi. Um, Captain K's away, but he's ticked through his, his selection. And he's gone into the netball, and I think he did it so early, so I didn't flog the netball off him. Um, so he's he's got about a dollar ninety shot, I think, or dollar eighty five, something like that. But join in with that. We got three out of four last week, so so close. Um, 
Show me the money about two forty-five. Oh, and at one forty-five, we're going to play the vault. It's up to one hundred and fifty dollar TAB bonus bet. hundred. It's jackpotted two days, so one hundred and fifty dollar TAB bonus bet. And we're actually not that close. I think. I think one or two questions, and you're only going to get three questions today. You only get three questions. So there's been seven, then five. And the person that does get through can ask me questions one to seven from the first day, and I'll tell you the question and the answer. They can ask one from yesterday. I'll give you the question and answer, and then you get three and then a guess. And if you don't get it, boom, shakalaka, it's 200 tomorrow. It's growing quick. It is growing very quick. Uh, So that's what we've got coming up. We'll also have what's making news and back in the day and other bits and bobs as they pop up. But Midday Madness, it was planned for yesterday. Uh, we parked it because of the news of the Danny Hay situation and some Ad Butcher situation. Let's hope we get some resolution to that one in particular, in particular uh, for Sir Peter Leach. Uh, so we uh, thank you so much for your involvement yesterday, actually. Reading him those texts um, warmed my heart that we've got great listeners out there. Fantastic, brilliant. But Midday Madness today. Following on from the Silver Ferns last night against Australia, and that's as big as it gets, really, when you're going team versus team. It's New Zealand, Australia. Um, what are your favourites? What are your favourite, either a historic trans-Tasman event, like I'd imagine that, that um, what did they say, the greatest game of rugby of all time? That was a fantastic trans-Tasman event. Or a particular this person versus this person. Um or something that involves trans-Tasman. Man, you can even chuck Pavlova at me if you want. Who invented that? It was us, but as you say, it was them. The trans-Tasman rivalry can be argued till the cows come out, and you'll have so many. You know, I loved watching the Giz, any Kiwi, win Bathurst. That, to me, is a trans-Tasman rivalry. That's us going there and taking their greatest prize. What are yours? Trans-Tasman rivalries. Teams, individuals... When I say trans-Tasman rivalry, what do you think of? 0800-150-811. That's Midday Madness. Let's go. Well, listen, buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Yeah! <laughs> oh, Craig, you've come in with a text. It's very funny. I'm saving it. I'm saving it. 0800-150-811. Give us a yell about Trans-Tasman rivalries. That's what we're going to do for the next 50 or so minutes. We go to Christchurch. Mikey, kicking us off. G'day, Staffy. How are you? Good. What are yours? Well, I mean, I love anything that involves playing Australia. And obviously, every time we beat them, is is amazing. Um, and rugby would be my number one thing. But, but ultimately, when it comes down to it, it would have to be International Rugby League. Mm. Because... Getting a victory over Australia is like hen's teeth. It's just so rare, and when it happens, it's so, so sweet. And it's <laughs> the greatest thing ever. Because these guys, they strut around top of the world, which, you know, to be fair, they are. They are the best that's been. They're kind of like the All Blacks, really, aren't they, of, of league, um, historically and ongoing. Um, they've got an amazing competition with the NRL. But when we beat them, I mean, I, I never get more excited. Like, if I watch the All Blacks, I'm kind of cheering a little bit and all that. But when it's league, I'm out of my chair. I'm screaming at the TV. Mm. It's just something so primal about it and so fantastic um, that when we win, it is, it's is—it's like beating your dad at a game for the very first time in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and the amazing you know thing I mean? is... When you're a kid and you beat your dad at something, it's like, yes. oh, my Lord, this is, this is just so rare. 
because I think the record overall is something like twenty percent victories, believe it or not. Mm. Something like I think they've won a hundred and we've won like thirty odd or, or what have you. So I think that's why we hold them so dear. You know, when guys like Graham Lowe and, and those of the past when they actually managed to get one over them, that's why we hold them up on such a high pedestal. Yeah, they're always better than us on paper too, aren't they? You say, oh, yeah, they've got, you know, it, it, you go back in the day with the likes of Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny and Wally Lewis and, and then Blocker Roach. They, they've just got players for Africa and man on man, they're always ahead of us. So we pick up that win. I don't know about this year, though. I think on paper we're pretty damn close. We look good, don't we? Mm. It is looking good. It's almost danger of like, oh, are we the favourites here? <laughs> but... um. But the, what was the guy said that made a statement yesterday? I think I was listening, and they interviewed, or was it you interviewing somebody? And he said, um, "Yep, we we might be favourites, but we've just got to win. Doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. It's winning. That's that's the whole point. So good attitude from these guys. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Anyway, me too, Mikey. Thanks, Daffy, and uh, go Canterbury. Go Canterbury. Enjoy the gardens. There's Mikey out yeah, of Christchurch, uh, and it's a big kia to Ed from Tolaga Bay. Tenakwe, Ed. No, me, my boy. So, um, on Tasman, so I played uh, against Australia. You said it's schoolboy Kiwis. Yeah? Yeah, man, under 15. Under 15 you played the Aussies? Yeah, um, we had a three-test series, so uh, we had the national tournament in Greymouth, and that's how we got picked to go through to the team, and I got selected in the second test. Wow. Um, yeah, so um, who was there? Oh, Bradley Clyde was in this team. Was he? Yeah, anyway, so um, we lost the first test down in Greymouth, and the second test was in Huntley, and we won that. So I came on, I replaced old, um, uh, one of the props. I came on in the second half. Bro, I got a, um, I got an offload away, and we scored a, a runaway try. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jason Lowry, he finished him off with a tap on the, uh, just inside the 22, and he took the head up, and I was, it was between me and him. I said, bro, I'll take it. And he just said to me, no, I got it, Ed. <laughs> and he went over the line. 16-12 to us, uh, the Kiwis. And then, um, bro, that's where we found out how to protect your family jewels. <laughs> because those young fellas back then, you'd get tackled around the legs and you'd go down. Bro, they were reaching in and, bro, <laughs> they got you. Oh, well, yeah, they went for mine. Oh, my God. Dirty <laughs> Aussies. Yeah. And then um, the third test was up in Auckland. Uh, Carl Park, and they oh, I missed out on that game because the selection, bit of a bit of a hab there, because uh, too many Auckland players, bit of politics, too many Auckland players were in the Kiwis, mm. and uh, they picked the Otara Scorpion to sit this one out. Well, they didn't tell me until the game, just before the game started, so, oh man, I turned up, went to training, turned up, blah, blah, but we lost that one. Uh, our captain got knocked out. He got knocked out, stretched it off. Oh, yeah, I I shook hands with the Prime Minister. <laughs> I bet they remember that. They'll, they'll remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, uh, it was a big game and he walked out and I got to go out on the field, do a hucker, and I wasn't even playing. Oh, boy. But, yeah, but that was the only game we won was the test in Huntley. So, yeah, we got one over those boys. Ah. Did Cousin Brett go and watch you in Huntley? Oh. Oh man, he wouldn't. Have, I don't think you would have even known that one was happening back then. Far out, so little back then. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But you know, to get into a Kiwi team at fifteen, man, you had to go through it. 
Yeah. Boy. So tell me, yeah, do, you, do you look forward to, because I know you love your rugby and you love your rugby league, is it a Kiwi test or a Bledisloe test that you look forward to most? Oh, man, um, I love them all. I love them all. Mm. Uh, but I'll tell you what, when um, some of my boys were playing, uh, this, there's one test that I was watching, it was uh, the Kiwis, and McCracken um, was playing, because he's an old school, schoolmate, uh, I mean, one of the Auckland reps up here, and I used to play with his team, and he was in the Kiwi. And um, I got up and did the hucker with them, watching wow. them from TV. Awesome. I think that was the one when he had a punch-up with old um, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson, yeah. yeah. Nice, but that gave me yeah. Good yeah, talking to you, years. boy. Go hey, the mighty man, East Coast. Nati Perot this yeah, weekend. Uh, up you go. Yeah. Order Fenua, man. Order Fenua. There for the taking. The there for the taking. Oh, people are taking yep, all, all good. All right. we laughing? Okay, mate. Good talking. There's Ed from Tolaga Bay. One more before the break. We'll go to Zaid. Zaid, am I allowed to have a guess what your one is? What are you going to say? Arasanya versus Whitaker. I was going to. I was going to wonder if that qualifies. Yes, it qualifies. <laughs> well, of course, mate. Of course. <laughs> the biggest, still the biggest ever UFC crowd in attendance. Yeah, and I was there. And you were one. You made it the biggest. You see, if you weren't there, it might not have been the biggest. I've got another one, um, which you might 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 qualify. The Breakers versus the Perth Wildcats. Yeah, that's a beaut. That is a rivalry and a half. I hate those, I hate those dudes. They won enough titles, haven't they? And I'll um, I'm pretty sure doesn't um Hutcho own them? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he does own them, thought so. Yes. Um, definitely all black swallabies all day. Hate the wallabies. They've <laughs> always got to beat them, at least, we, and we have. Um, uh, but there is one that we don't have too many riches against, and that's probably the um, Chabel Hadley series. She's a bit of a hard one to win that one, that's for sure. Yeah, if we win those games, it's 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 an absolute treat for us, isn't it? And it just doesn't happen often enough. But that's what makes it so special. And up Marty Auckland tomorrow, let's, um, let's end Wellington's winning streak, Ken. Let's uh, finish that winning streak off and um, yeah, let's, let's be in a final. Even if it is against Canterbury, we'll give it a go. Look, it's, the, it's, the it's only good. solace that I'll get if Auckland beat Wellington is knowing it's made you and Ken happy. Other than that, yeah, well, you know? It's only two games left, boys, and you guys can have a rest most of you. Go two on. games to go. Go on. Yeah, get up games. them, Zane. Get up them. <laughs> good on you, mate. All good. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Um, we've had Darren trying to ring through a number of times, but his call keeps dropping off. So I don't know if it's uh, it's healthy this time. Um, and the nod is: Do we take him after a break, or do we take him now? We take him after a break. We'll have a break, and we'll come back, and hopefully the line into Melbourne. This will be a good one. Uh, Kiwi in Melbourne. What's his rivalry? Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Give us a yell with your Trans Tasman rivalry favourites. Righto, I think we've got the phone line working into Australia. Uh, Kiwi and Aussie, Darren, g'day buddy. G'day Staffy, how are you? Good, good. Sorry about that, I had some, we've got some pretty bad weather here today, about 80 mil of rain coming down. Jeez. So it's um, not flash. No. But, uh, um, talking about rivalries, I first came to Victoria in 1996 and AFL eccentric, all they talk about is the sport. And I finally got a group of guys at the, at the company I work for. I finally said to them, hey, I'll take you to a game. We'll go down to the pub. We'll watch a Blenslow. Tell me what you think. <laughs> we went down to the pub and we watched the match when John Eels made that kick. Oh, and Wellington. And I still, one of my favourite games. Mm. I, I loved it, even though we lost. It was just amazing. And the rest of the night, I didn't buy another drink. Every Wallaby player there just kept buying us drinks. <laughs> I remember on Monday coming to work and they said, 
oh my god, is that what rugby's about? Oh, I can't wait! And I converted six guys straight on, straight away on the spot. I just didn't have the heart to tell them that's like once in a twenty-year match. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, know, you know, I was, I was more blown away by the game than anyone. <laughs> oh. They thought this was just a normal, normal game of rugby between Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> oh. You didn't have the heart to tell them because you wanted them to come and watch with you all the time. Oh yeah. Well, I just wanted to talk about something else. It, all I talk about is AFL. It's so ingrained in them. So. Yeah. Yeah, these guys just loved it, and still to this day, a few of them watch rugby because of that. Because of that game, you know, they just thought, "How good is this rivalry? Look at everyone!" And then afterwards, no one left the pub. Everyone just spoke about the game, drank beers, and yeah, everyone just got along. Oh, right. that's cool for you, eh? Being a Kiwi watching yeah. your team, and even though they lost, that probably added to it for you as much as you don't like losing. Oh, it, it, it didn't matter. Like I go to watch, you know, I go to watch a game, and if we win, it's a bonus. But it was just such a spectacle. And for Johnny Eels to make that kick, like, it wasn't like it was in front. Mm. Um, I was just blown away. I went, oh, how good's this? You yeah. know? So it was just a great night. Like, no, one, no one was upset. It was just everyone had a great time. And that's, that's what it's about. Mm. You know? Be, being it's not about a, win at all cost. Being a Kiwi and Aussie, do you try and get to events when New Zealand's playing in Australia, if you, if you can? I do. I, I, I try and get there. I mean, I'm always watching them. If I can't get there, I've got a group of Aussies over you know, cooking, cooking, smoking meat for them or doing something for them and, uh, yeah, catching up. So, yeah, always. Nice, nice. And, and sticking it to them any time I can. I love walking around with my All Blacks top on, you know, any time, <laughs> any, any chance I get. <laughs> I love it. So, Good yeah. stuff, Darren. Always like your calls. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, mate. See ya. Bye. You, uh, um, it reminds me of a All Black a Bledisloe Cup test um, I was obviously I was in Thailand and I was in the rooftop pool and it was loaded with Aussies and I was the only Kiwi and it was just a stinking hot day I was here by myself stinking hot day I thought I'd just go up on the rooftop pool and have a swim there was no one there I thought this is great but there was a barman up there and I asked him if he could put the TV onto the rugby which he did and I watched about the first 10 minutes in the pool just by myself and then this big group of I think they were like a stag do group of guys from Australia had come into um, come to Thailand for a few days or something and they looked up at the TV and they saw Australia versus New Zealand and we were leading. And um, again, it was one of the rare games that Australia won. Um, and so they were just going, oh, we heard the All Blacks are really, really good at rugby. I said, yeah, we're the best in the world, you know, and All Blacks hit the lead and they just sort of lost interest. They sort of have a cursory glance every now and then. I got at the pool, sat at the bar and uh, was watching the game and then got beyond seven points with sort of six or less minutes to go and I just skulked away. I just couldn't face this bunch of well-hydrated Australians if they'd beaten us at a game. I just told them we were the best in the world. It just would have been unbearable, absolutely unbearable. Some of the ones I wrote down, uh, the trans-Tasman rivalries, so I always play with myself like a word association game. That, that you know, I just go trans-Tasman rivalry. First, first thing I wrote down, underarm. Next thing I wrote down, Lance Cairns. Just amazing. Uh, Mitchell Stark versus Brendan McCullum. And I thought, that's enough cricket. What's next? Then I went Melbourne Cups. When New Zealand, they call them the Kiwi Raiders, the New Zealand Raiders. And we go and win the great race over in Melbourne. Um, of course, Kiwi, a very, very famous win. But we've had others, a very elegant last year, wasn't it? Yep, very elegant was last year. We've had the likes of, gosh, I'm going to have to try my... I think uh, Efficient was a Graham Rogerson horse. 
Um, Ethereal, of course, was uh, Sheila Laxentrain. I think Ethereal might have done the Caulfield Melbourne Cup double. Again, it's a long time ago. Uh, Mike Moroney had Brew. Um, was Rogan Josh a Kiwi horse? I'm not sure. Um, who else did we have? Oh, Vanderhum in the heavy, heavy. Was it Vanderhum? In sort of the seven. Empire Rose, of course. Uh, Empire Rose, Kiwi. But yeah, I love it when a Kiwi horse goes over and and wins um, wins the Melbourne Cup. Or the Cox Plate. I mean, geez, the, the Cox Plates, Bone Crusher and Waverly Star, potentially the greatest race ever. Um, Sunline. All her Cox plates, uh, Poetic Prince when it used to go over. Oh, when the great New Zealand horses go over and win, win their big, big races. The other ones I had the Inter Dominion, so I used to love the Inter Doms. It's, they've lost a bit of their gloss now, which was always the best harness horses from New Zealand take on the best harness horses from Australia. And they used to go country about, would host them. I used to love those. I actually drove from Palmerston North to Auckland when they were on in Auckland once with a couple of mates and... Um, stayed in a motel quite close to Alex Park. We just loved it. It was fantastic. Um, the netball, of course, on the back of last night. I did enjoy I enjoy the Trans-Tasman rivalries in netball. Uh, then I thought, what's rugby? What's rugby to me? The John Eels one was one. Uh, Gregan Wilson, that was another one. The greatest game of all time with the Jonah Christian Cullen show. Uh, then I thought, what about rugby league? And I said... Uh, Kevin Tarmati, Greg Dowling, iconic Trans-Tasman rugby league slash boxing. The Warriors versus the Bunker is a big Trans-Tasman rivalry for me. Anzac Tests, of course. And what about this one? Jimmy Spittle versus Team New Zealand. Jimmy Spittle versus us. Even though he lives here. He lives here. and he uh, And he loves it here. And we love him. And he's an arrogant Aussie, but we love him. He's he's a tremendous bloke. Uh, so yeah, your Trans Tasman rivalries. That's just a few of the ones I wrote down. I got more. I got more, but really keen to hear yours. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven is the number. Give us a call. Jangle your memories, your favourite Trans Tasman moments. We'll get back with you after new sport and weather with Johnny Mac. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat. Talking of trans-Tasman rivalries, you'll remember earlier this week we talked about the Indoor Cricket World Cup is going on at the moment in Australia and we spoke to the media guy commentator and uh, I've been following it a little bit. I've been following it a little bit but... um, Someone texted the show and said, do yourself a favour and go and watch the opening game, New Zealand versus Australia. Now, Australia's won, I think I remember from my research, they've won every single indoor World Cup. And um, we've got Roberto, a uh, former wonderful defender of, uh, with the Brazil football team. Um, he is our panel op today. Uh, Roberto, you're a huge cricket nuffy. We know that. And um, so I want to take this opportunity, talking trans-Tasman rivalries. Are New Zealand and Australia still dominating the World Cup of indoor cricket variety? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it is very much the Australia-New Zealand show uh, over there. Uh, Australia and New Zealand are first and second in uh, both the men's and the women's uh, league. So, because it's round robin, isn't it? And then is it the top four go to semis? 
Um, I'm not 100% sure how the final system works. It looks like there's, um, yeah, start, starting tomorrow, there's a whole bunch of finals. There's like a, uh, yeah, there's a plate five, oh, right. five to eight and then a, yeah, major, um, looks like a, yeah, semifinal. Um, have have they done tomorrow. the draw for tomorrow? Uh, no, they've still got games going today, um, which will finalise the standings and then uh, going over to tomorrow. So be honest, without revealing yourself as a complete cricket nuffy, how much of this have you watched? Uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bearing in mind, I looked over your shoulder this morning and uh, the live stream was on your laptop. Yeah, yeah. I, I had um, Australia, Australia and New Zealand women uh, were playing at 11 o'clock our time. They just finished up now. I'm trying to refresh and get the result. But um, I, I don't think it would have gone great for us. Uh, the Australian women just look a bit too good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, ho- hopefully it, it, it's very much looking like it, uh, we will end up playing Australia in the final of the women's, um, and hopefully, you know, we can just come up with a win. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've played cricket with, um, uh, well, indoor specifically with a lot of the, uh, a lot of the women's team, um, and, well, that's just socially, and, um, <laughs> and uh, some of the men's team as well. So, yeah, I know them. It's, uh, it's good to see them over there competing at a higher level than I probably could. Yeah, now, we know, um, we know Jesse Wright is in the team, and we know what a natural, gifted, hand-eye coordinated timing batsman he was. Does, has that transferred to the indoor game as well? Is he, is he like, quite, quite good? Well, he must be because he's in the New Zealand team, but is he one of the stars? Um... <sighs> It's yeah. I mean, it's a hard, it's a hard question. Like indoor, I, w- I wouldn't say there's like a specific star of the team or anything. They they are all just very good at at the game. You know, J- Jesse Ryder actually keeps for the um, New Zealand team, which I found wow. quite interesting. That's the um, old hand eye thing again, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a completely different game. It's um, but but yeah, he's he's very good at it, as is the whole team. It's just great to watch. Um, yeah, the Cricket Australia YouTube channel has uh is streaming um streaming all three of the courts, which is uh which I'm finding re- really good to see them over there. Yeah, it's brilliant. And these under twenty twos competition as well. Um, fantastic. Some texts to come in with your um. With your Trans-Tasman memories, let's get to some of them. Uh, Scott Styrus versus Mitchell Johnson. You could think of a few Aussie cricketers, cricketers uh, with a very punchable face. <laughs> Styrus Johnson was brilliant. Styrus, Scott Styrus would be, just before I make a huge statement, which is on the tip of my tongue, I just want to make sure I'm accurate with this. Yeah, Scott Styrus would be the most competitive person I've ever met. Everything's a competition. Everything. Like if you told, if I told him like, oh, they're not very big club sandwiches in in this clubhouse, I could eat it uh, with three bites. He'd go and buy one and eat it in two and say, what's your problem? If someone hits a good tee shot on the golf course and it's long and it's straight, he hits it as hard as he can to just get past. And if he's a metre in front, You'll be standing by your ball, and as you go past you, he'll just do something like, you're next up, champ. Just stuff like that. It's, he's so competitive. He's, and he, he's a prankster. And one of my favorite pranks, and it's probably still on Facebook, a Scott Styrus prank. So he's got a garage at his house with an automatic garage door with a remote that goes up and down. He's got one, his wife's got one in their cars. He's sitting in the lounge and his wife gets home and she opens the garage and drives into the garage 
and um, walks out and she pushes the button to close the door and it starts coming down and she walks out of the garage and he pushes his from the lounge hiding behind the curtain it starts going up and she turns around and looks at her clicker and clicks it and it starts coming down and he pushes his and it start, It went for ages and he is just wetting himself in the lounge and she had no idea what he's doing. That's Scott Styrus. That's the Scott Styrus humour. He's a tremendous tourist, good bloke, but everything's a competition. You're always like paper, scissors, rock for who buys the first round of beer. It's who can land a golf ball closest to the tee marker for five bucks. It's just, and it's not the prize, it's just winning. He just loves to win. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't win, oh, you hear about it. We play golf one day, throw the balls up in the air, and the two that land closest to each other, your partners, right? So he threw the ball up in the air, me and Mark Richardson versus Scott Styrus, Simon Dool. So we tee off, and he said, what are you on? I said, I hardly ever played, put me on 18, bogey a hole. And I parred the first four holes. I copped it for the next three hours about what a thief, what a burglar, what a cheat, and we beat them quite comfortably. Next day, or two days later, threw the balls up, me and Scott Styrus. And he was, he was like, oh, cock a hoop, and he's like, oh, you're on an 18. And the others two go, no, no, he's on 12, he's on 12. Anyway, we tee off. First hole, I hit it out of bounds. Next hole, I hit it out of bounds. I started like double by big. He hated me for the best part of three years after that because I prevented him winning both days. Both days. Scott Styrus, you competitive, wonderful man, and I was completely behind you with that Mitchell Johnson malarkey. Uh, wasn't a headbutt because someone he was wearing someone was wearing Scotty was wearing a helmet, but it was a great glare down. It was a fantastic glare down. Anyway, if you've got any Trans Tasman rivalries or Scott Styra stories, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. We shall take a break. I'll get through some more text messages after that. Some more of your texts here. Um, someone was at the uh, netball last night saying, "Staffy, I was with you watching firsthand. Do you think Aussie will come back, or do you think New Zealand have the wood on them?" On last night's performance, jeez, New Zealand were good. Uh, Australia were classy, though. I actually thought Australia were going to win last night before the game. I actually told Beaver and um, and Manaya on a little crossover we did live from the stadium um, at the end of their show. Uh, but I was waiting for Aussie to pounce, and they didn't. They they just didn't. And their, their gun players, their captain, and their shooter, Steph Wood, had a very off night, and I can't imagine them having two games like that in a row. So they could they could rally. It's very close. Uh, and that's how I like it. I, I actually don't know. I know you're working out a multi. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe whoever gets the goal start is the way you go. Um, I must have a look, see if the odds are out for the next one. Uh, I think there is a good argument for the early Chapel Hadley game series where we beat Aussie in some big chases, especially when we were four down for not many and Craig McMillan stood up. I loved it when guys like Craig McMillan and... Ross Taylor and Nathan Estill and, and those guys and they'd come in and they'd just take a game over. I loved it. Um, sorry, I am driving with no hands free so I can't ring, but Grant Turner's header in the 1980s, all whites beat the Aussies 2-0 and Richard Hadley's nine wickets in 995. And any time we beat the Aussies in cricket, in fact. Um, welcome to text through your Trans-Tasman rivalries, double eight double three. that is the Temper Bedpost text machine. Bedpost where you get all your, your goodies from... Uh, or the temper range, if you want some comfort and some good Z's, get your temper equipment. NASA, my friend, 
NASA certified. Um, Sammy, now you haven't been with us for a, for a few days, Sammy, and what you do, you go away and you beaver through the internet and you always come up with some gems. You tell me you've got an interesting yarn. Well, first off, um, someone brought up the, uh, or maybe it was you brought up one of the Kiwis. I remember the uh, Willie Mason, David Kidwell. I think that was oh, 06. Yes. Um, you know, Willie Mason disrespecting the Haka and then um, David Kidwell absolutely destroying him. And then I think there was a bit of a melee in the end goal at one stage during that game. But um, I just, you know what Australia remind me of, Steph? I went to a school, and, and you probably can't relate to this because Palmy Boys is a very big school. But how many boys at Palmy Boys? 1,350 yeah. when I was there. Okay, so I went to a, a sort of a small school in Hamilton. Right? It was a good school, but sporting-wise, we were minnows compared to like a Hamilton boys high. Mm. And the sense that I get with Australian sport, they look at us, how Hamilton boys high used to look at my school, which is basically like, oh, you know, like it's cute that you, you, know, you think you're good and you want to compete with us. But our big rivals are, for Australia, you know, it's England, it's India, if it's in cricket, um, in rugby league, you know, and, and if it's... With high school, hand boys, it was it was the Palmy Boys staff, it was the grammars, it, you know, they didn't care about us. Mm. And it just grilled me something chronic. And it does as a Kiwi, like cricket especially. Yes. It, the sense is that Australia don't really care about us. It's like they care about England and India and the big dogs. New Zealand, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll play you here and we there. Have to play oh, do, you, do we have to play a three-match series? Can we make it one? <laughs> okay, fine, we'll play it, and we'll probably beat you 3-0 with our B team. You know, like it's, oh, it's infuriating stuff. Um, so I just, yeah, cricket for me is probably the biggest, my biggest rivalry with Australia, England and rugby. Um, but the story, you asked for a little bit of a story, and um, I encourage people to go and um, search this one out because there's a lot of facets to it that I won't bring up in this little segment here but um the story of the greece rugby league team that will play at the world cup this year in fact they're playing france i think on tuesday morning live on uh, spark sports seven twenty in the morning on tuesday um the story of how they got there is quite remarkable because three or four years ago or a bit five years ago rugby league rugby league was banned in greece um as i understand it it was to do with like their federation and it wasn't to be an official federation in Greece, you have to have like 20 te- club teams or something like that, and they didn't have it. And there was all sorts of um, stuff going on with their accounts and money laundering and etc. So basically it was banned in their country. And now they needed to play qualification games to make the World Cup. So there's some crazy stories about, like they played a qualification game in 2018 against Malta. And um, I've actually brought up a story here on um, on Channel 9 over, over in Aussie. And it said that um, at the time, police would often raid grounds and arrest players and charge them if they found them playing rugby league. Oh. So um, in this World Cup qualifier against Malta, um, they got on the bus for seven hours to travel to a regional town. And the guy, the manager of the team, took a photo of himself and posted it on Facebook with the caption, Pitch Inspection. And that drew the at some some other location that drew the police away to this other location. To the wrong one. To the wrong one. Um, they didn't tell Malta where the game was. They told the bus driver of the Malta team about 20 minutes before the bus was about to leave about where the game was. And they played it at midnight behind closed doors. So, I mean, these guys, what they went through, and then there's stories about how much they had to pay out of their own pocket to get over to London for the World Cup. Um, luckily, there's a big, obviously, Greek community in Australia. I think Nick Politis has a Greek background, the, the yep. Roosters owner, so he's put a lot of money towards it. Um, a lot of other administrators have. Um, they've got Lachlan Ilias, the, the Rabbitohs half, oh, okay. playing for them in the World Cup. But, yeah, it's remarkable. If you can go and sort of search it out, you'll, you'll get all the finer details of it. But it's a remarkable story, staff, of how Greece... 
um, the rugby the national team fought their way to to, to the rugby league World Cup. And here they are. Amazing. But it's crazy to me that it was illegal to play rugby league. I mean, that's like 1980s communist Russia type stuff. You Do you know? know off the top of the head, if, if they, I think they've tried to go to a World Cup or been to a they World Cup They tried to go before? to the 2017 one, I believe. Yeah, because so I think I read a similar story from 2017 or listened to a podcast about a similar story you might have. and having to play in the middle of the night and not telling anyone they were playing and players just denied it. And in fact, there was even one event and they were playing rugby league and the police turned up and they changed to rugby. Because the police came in, so they stopped playing league and started right. playing rugby. I think I've heard that one as well. Yeah. yeah, I think I have heard that. I mean, guys have been arrested for it, and there's a story that Brad Walter did on NRL.com about guys having to play, you know, pay ten thousand dollars to sort of, you know, for their bail or whatever it was. So, just just a remarkable scenes compared to the relative freedom we enjoy back here. Yeah. Um. I, look, I they're not going to beat anyone, probably staff, but be great to have them there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It adds to the the international flavour of a World Cup. It's going to happen. I mean, there's a Jamaica. At the Rugby League World Cup. I mean, that's just, that they're, blows they're my mind. They're playing us, eh? Jamaica and Ireland, yeah, I believe we're in our couple. I remember they were talking about top try scorer market or something like at the TAB, and I thought, you just take a Kiwi and just try and pick the one that's going to get, someone's going to do a Porsche Woodman in that in that game and get five, six, seven tries, aren't they? And it's just trying to figure out which one Molotalo. it is. Someone actually put the odds out for the first, um, the top try scorer of the tournament. I think Ed O'Carr sits number one. Mm. Um, so if they got Brian Toto, I think's in and around there. We've got um, Molotalo, I think, is but one of who, our favourites. Aussie got a Jamaica like we have. Uh, they've got in their pool Fiji, and then they've got um, Lebanon. No, Lebanon's an ours. Oh, Lebanon's an ours. Italy and Scotland. Italy and Scotland. Thanks Scotland. To yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, see, I think we'll score more tries in pool play than Australia. Then. Yeah, maybe you, you might be right. Yeah, they've got that. Fiji for them is probably tougher than Lebanon is for us. Fiji team's not bad. Mm-hmm. Kakao, Coruscant. Um, yeah, they've got they've got a few sprinklings in that team. But oh, I'm going to investigate that for our chat with um, Brendan Popperwell today, isn't it? Yes. I'm, 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 <laughs> how, how about that text in from Kempy? Kempy, talk about rugby league and the man the man fires up. <laughs> it's like playing league at high school in New Zealand. It's illegal. Oh, geez. there's a liver punch from the Kempster. That's the man running it straight right there. Running off the back fence. Oh, you crack me up, Uncle. Uh, we'll take a break. break. We'll be back after this. It's 2-0 to the Boston Bruins. Opening round of the NHL. There you go, Sam. There you go, Sam. He's a huge Bruins fan. Uh, Bonecrusher versus Waverly Star. What a race. Trans-Tasman rivalry. What an absolute race. Uh, Staffy Oz at the Gabba in 85 when Sir Richard got his nine wickets and it was simply awesome. There's a memory for you. Uh, Jandals versus Thongs. Nice. Esky versus Chilibin. Duvet versus Duna. And let's face it, they are a strange breed. What's the other one? Um, Windsheeters. Windsheeters. Is that sweatshirts? Windsheeter? I never got my head around, but Chilibins and Eskies, Jandals and Thongs. Um, and those... Those little wetsuit cup things they put on their stubbies. Uzis? Koozies. What do you do in Australia? And the thing is, Australians drink them so fast they haven't had enough time to get warm anyway. Brother-in-law, case in point. One o'clock. We'll be talking some netball with Karen Berger after the one. Just heard on the news from Johnny Mac there uh, about the mid-year brawl on Jetstar, so I just did a little quick Google search on you. It's on YouTube. It's actually, I thought, ah, oh, it'll be a couple of handbags at, at five metres. It's not. It's a full-on proper proper brawl inside a plane. It looked 
horrific. And it started 12 minutes into the flight. They turned around and landed, 24, 24 minutes total flight time. That would be quite scary. And they were big units, big, big units. There'd be no brawling in my house this weekend for the, for the remote or anything like that. Um, I've got my Spark Sports subscription, Sammy. Uh, I'm pleased you're back today uh, to help me weave my uh, viewing magic through the weekend. Uh, I am very much looking forward to the Rugby League World Cup, though. Yes, that kicks off this weekend, Steph. I'll just say that flight minus the fight, flight or fight, Amy, um, <laughs> minus the fight, that's my type of flight, 24 minutes. Yeah. Is that, yeah. That's my type of flight, man. Get me in and out of that plane ASAP. Um, yeah, look, lots on... Sparksport this weekend, and it's World Cup season. Fantastic. So, oh, um, full of World Cup. The, the Women's World Cup continues. Um, and on, I think we've got New Zealand playing on Sunday morning. I think the Black Ferns are playing Wales on Sunday, sorry, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, uh, 2.45. So beautiful afternoon. Oh, beautiful afternoon. You know, you probably woke up early for the rugby league, so you just have a, go back to sleep, have a little bit of a nap, <laughs> Steph. You wake up, fire up the barbie, get your beer and a koozie, and a koozie. Okay, get you there in a koozie yeah. and uh, park up on the couch. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, you've sparked my interest. So here's what I'm going to do, Steph. Here's, I'm glad I sparked something. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run you through your weekend plan. Oh, if okay? you wouldn't This mind. is exactly what you're going to do. So um, on Friday, so tomorrow at 2.30, uh, while you're, you're in studio, we're going to put up on the screen uh, the T20 Tri-Series final. The Black Caps tomorrow. Yeah, it's two two twenty. It's a two thirty. Um, I guess you guess they got to finish, don't they? The Black Caps are in it. Do, do, do we know if Bangladesh or Pakistan are confirmed in it? Because they play one more game today at two thirty. Do we know who they're playing? Pakistan. They're playing. So Pakistan. it's going to be Black Caps Pakistan tomorrow. Good. Then, well, they are the two best teams. So, so we're going to put that up. Viewage. We're going to put that up on the screen. You. Um, for your staff. Thank you. Uh, now Saturday, uh, I'm going to give you a little uh, give you a little bit of a sleeping. Oh, thanks, A little mate. bit of a sleeping, but you're going to wake up at 7.30 for the eSports Formula One Pro Championship, yeah. right? <laughs> Bear with me. It's the uh, the Zandvoort Grand Prix, which I think is the Dutch. Oh. I think that's the Dutch Grand Prix. Um, so you, you're going to watch that. And then... Um, you if, know the thing with those eSports things, right? And particularly the Grand Prix type stuff. Yeah. Now you've told me it's there, I'm going to watch it because... I fell into a trap. I thought, I'm going to have a look at this. Couldn't stop watching. No, you, you Even can't though you know it's knock, fake and it's semi-science fiction, you know, it's, it's not true. Yeah. But I, uh, uh, it hooks me. Don't knock it and you try. And there will be, I think there will be in the future, there will be a driver that comes out of the eSports. It'll go into That'll proper be a formula drive. Um, if you get bored of it, flick over to Ospreys versus Stormers. United Rugby Championship, round five of the United Rugby Championship. So that kicks off at 7.30 as well. So if you want to do that, you can. Um... Now, Maybe when they're setting the scrums, then, I can go to the Formula One. I mean, <laughs> good call. Um, you might watch a whole race. Now, you can go off after that, do a few errands in the morning. Thank go you. Go to Bunnings, get your garden. I know you like being out in the garden, so get a little bit of soil, uh, get some um, gazalias, plant away. Up there, okay. gazalia. Yep. <laughs> and then mid-afternoon, 2.30, once again, great time, Scotland Aussie in the uh, women's Rugby World Cup. Are Scotland any good in the women's, they're women's game? Okay, I think Aussie will take care of them, but okay. they're okay. Uh, USA Japan at five o'clock on Saturday. That's a beaut. Okay, so there you go. USA Japan um, five o'clock. Um, oof, France England at seven thirty Saturday evening. I would get, say at get this your stage. Louisiana chicken, yeah. get your beers, away you go. I would say this is the top team versus the third team. It's almost okay. it's, it's 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 a ready made. 
uh, portal to what a playoff game at the World Cup is going to look like. This is like New Zealand playing Ireland in, in, in pool play yeah, in, I see, yeah. in, in the in the Men's World Cup. Yep. This is the importance of that game. So yeah, that's I a must-watch. I think you want to watch it just so you see those two teams in action. You know, if the Black Ferns are going to play them, then you want to see them in action. You mm, know what mm, I mean? Mm. So watch both of them, 7.30 now. Um, get some sleep, Steph. Get, okay. uh, get what you can, because you're going to be waking up at 2.20 oh, on Sunday morning, Spark Sport flicking it on to watch England-Samoa opening game of the Rugby League World Cup. That is a good game, people. That is a fantastic game. This might be controversial to say. Go on. I think that's the game of the round robin. The you've said it. And that's the fair, Kiwis aren't in it. I think fair. this is the game. Yeah, that's fair. No, I think it is. I think you're right. Um, I think Samoa will beat them. I do too. Yeah, I think they will. In- England, I talked about it with Kempe yesterday. England don't have the NRL talent they used to. I think they've got two or three NRL players in their team. I think Victor Radley's in there, maybe two, one or two others. The rest are all Super League. Um, that Samoan team is basically the Panthers' back line and then some some decent um, forwards in the, in the front. So I'm going to go um, Samoa on that one, Steph. And um, it's going to flow nicely into Australia-Fiji at 7.20 on Sunday morning. And that's also a good game. because, And, and you know we're going to be cheering for Fiji. Yep, and that's a good team. Fiji, I said it before, uh, Viliami Kikau, Api Korosau, um, Mike Sivo. There's some, there's some good players, some decent players. I think Wonga Blake's playing for Fiji as well. Some really good players on the Fiji side. Um, Australia probably will get the job done, though, mm. um, with all those crazy numbers on their back, giving you a headache. Um, so then I'm going to give you just the morning, Sunday morning now that you've woken up early, just once again, recharge the batteries, have a nap, you know, watch something on it. Let's go for a walk. How long have I got for, for, for a break there? Uh, 12, 15, so right on lunchtime when you when you wake up or when you're coming back to put on some toast or something for lunch. I don't know what you have for lunch on a Sunday, Steph. I'm assuming toast. Actually, I'm going to be in Tauranga. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we're calling the... Oh, um, great. You should be at the hotel. Yeah. So, I'll be so at my sister's well, and she's got sparks. Go to the hotel early and get some room service. Park up on the double bed. <laughs> Italy, Canada at 12.15 on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the Black Ferns, um, Wales at 2, 2.45. That's probably the must-watch game of the weekend. Um, Fiji, South Africa is the 5.30 game on Saturday. And... Um, I think that's pretty much it. If you want to spill into Monday, um, we've got Scotland, Italy, Jamaica, Ireland uh, early Monday morning in the Rugby League World Cup. The Kiwis, Lebanon, 7.20 Monday morning. Spark Sport. That's their first game. Correct. 7.20 Monday morning. Mm -hmm. The good thing is I'll be waking up in Tauranga. I've got the day off here because I just can't get back in time. Yep. So I'll be going to Henry and Ted's and get myself and my sister a coffee. Brilliant. Get home back to her place about quarter past. She would have done cheese on toast with a little homemade relish. Bit of Sparks Sport League. Are up you, the Kiwis. Are you happy with what I've put together? Are you happy with the itinerary? I'm actually <laughs> surprised you just haven't winged that. You've actually done a little bit of research because you know what spins my wheel. You chucked oh, in a little bit. Of, wheels, you tried a little, You dabbled a little bit of esports at me. Yeah. I didn't really bite. Then mm. you gave me an alternative that's on at the same time. Yeah, there is lots on, as always. And like I said, rugby, uh, it's rugby. It's World Cup season with Rugby League and the Women's Rugby World Cup. So tons on, Steph. Get your Spark Sport. You've got it now. I've got it. And you absolutely love it. Um, it's super easy. And look, I think I'm, I think I'm okay to say there's nothing wrong with if you if you want to get it for the World Cups. Mm. Just sign up for the World Cups. And you'd probably be pleasantly surprised and like it and keep on. But there's no reason why you can't just sign up for the World Cups. Mm. Yeah. Get there's on board. No minimum term. That's what I – and the first seven days. So I'm still in my free zone, am I? Oh, my freebies now, and uh, yeah, and then it's just 20-something bucks for a month. Probably get it for a couple of months, reassess, but I'm liking it. I'm liking it. So Spark Sport, um, just Google them, find it, get your seven-day free trial, 
happy happy days. Uh, very certainly, I'm just going to quickly look, because we're going to talk some netball very shortly. I just wanted to see if the odds are out for the game on Sunday. Netball International. Let's have a little squiz. Opening, opening, yes. 185 the pair. I said, take the team with the point start, neither team, because it's dead even. Oh, Trans-Tasman, Netball, 7.30. We will have live commentary here on SENZ. Myself and Brooke Lever will be bringing you the action. Um, I think coverage will start at 7 o'clock. But after the break, we're going to play a few highlights from last night if you didn't catch them. Um, just about a three-minute little highlight package. And then we'll be talking to the recovering from a busted foot, Karen Berger, wonderful, wonderful player. She would have watched it. She would have loved it. So a bit of netball after the break. Let's get amongst it. Great to have your company here. Live from Spark Arena, the Silver Ferns are taking on the Diamonds and a 1-2 pass into Grace Wicked. Don't worry about it, 1-0. What a start. Yes, sir. Let's go. She wants to give her attackers options and a beautiful lob pass. Toyavan Wicked. I feel like I'm at a Mystics game. Yes. That Let's combination. Go, ladies. And the thing I like here, a little bit more patience from Sooners goes very wide to Toyava with the no-look pass into Nwiki. Don't worry about it. 11-8 New Zealand. Oh, my word. Peter's looking comfy. That's 10 in a row for New Zealand. What a pass. Peter Toyava literally just bombed the ball from halfway and it landed. If you've got the ball in your hand and the other team doesn't, well, then so be it. Mm. Two easy goals, bang, bang for Australia. They are chipping away the Australians at this lead. Nice goal by Australia. Hard fought one, that one. There's not many easy goals being presented oh. in the third quarter. And that's thrown away by Ekanasio. Peter Toyavas. Here we go. Center pass. Sooners finds Ekanasio out high as we've come accustomed to. Toyava lobs it to Wiki. Why mess with your wallet when you got the money woman under the goal? Oh, yes, sir. That is a heck of a finish to this quarter. Karaka oh, intercept. Karaka goes and gets another one. Let's just call this She's one. Like, Look, another intercept. If you Bites. can't finish my first one, I'll just have to do it again. And it was a little hip pass from Karaka to Ekanasi, who was out high. New Zealand back into possession. And Grace Wicky with a beautiful pass from Whitney Sunis gets the goal. <laughs> they're, oh. they're playing how they played the first quarter. And Grace Wicky has come out twice in a row right by the transverse. I don't think I've seen her do that either. And I've just seen it twice in a row. I feel like she's messing with them <laughs> and saying, you can't mark me under the goal. I'm a drifter now. Yeah. I'm a drifter. I'm Grace the Drifter. Yeah, you thought you knew me? Think what? again. they got faces of doom. They're fighting for every square inch of air around the New Zealand attackers. Beautiful work between oh, Sunis yeah. and Ekanasio. Results in a free shot from Ricky and she's Whitney Sunis is breaking angles out here. Oh. Dodging left, right and centre. You thought Will Jordan had a good step? Have a look at Whitney Sunis go. Toyava off a long pass from Heffern and finds Nwaki who scores the goal. They're back, New Zealand. The Silver Ferns have refound their mojo, and I'm not talking about a $5 coffee. Grace Wicky will not be denied. And that is the final whistle, New Zealand. A tremendous opening stand, a tremendous opening performance by the New Zealand Silver Ferns. They are against the world number ones in the Australian Diamonds. A phenomenal performance right through the court. Whitney Soonis, we salute you. Kelly Jury, unrelenting. 
Phoenix Karaka, the deflector, interceptor supreme. And skipper, oh skipper, Amelia Anakanasi, you're a feeder, you're an inspirer, you're a shooter. What a performance, what a complete performance by the New Zealand Silver Ferns. 56-48 is our final score. Well, we brought you the commentary live uh, from Spark Stadium last night. And boy, what a game. The Silver Ferns, I think demolished might be a bit too strong a word, uh, the Australian Diamonds. But that first quarter, it still blows my mind. A very keen spectator, I am sure, was a returning Silver Fern in the not-too-distant future. I hope. Karen Berger, I'm imagining you watched it and you were thrilled as well. Yes, definitely supporting the girls. And it was an amazing game to watch. And just um, really cool to see them hit out against Aussie. Um, yeah, just giving it to them, really. <laughs> Did that first first quarter surprise you? Like I, I was commentating with Michaela Sokolich-Beetson and she hardly said a word in the first quarter. She couldn't believe what she was seeing. It was a clinic. Yeah, I think it's more because that's the kind of style that Knowles is constantly trying for us to to play and also like execute in the first quarter at least. And to finally see it actually happening um, is pretty amazing to see. I know we're, we all know that our girls are pretty capable of it and it was just a matter of time of when they were going to start doing it. So it's pretty awesome that they were able to do that last night and hopefully they'll just keep doing it. Yeah, I, and I think the thing that amazed me, Karen, was it was the first test. I, I sort of expected a performance like that and maybe the third or fourth or perhaps the second half of the second to come out and blaze from the get-go, um, that's really satisfying for the whole squad. Yeah, I think it also, um, the fact that the girls were in camp for quite a while leading into the Jamaican series, they had the time together for most of them um, to actually solidify some structures and some combos and to work on that kind of stuff. And so leading into the camp for Con, um, Con Cup, I'm sure it was just, um, going over those structures again and the new places that were in the mix, just getting them on board with that kind of stuff as well. And um, yeah, the girls are just are probably itching to put out a really, really good performance, and that they did. Were you like me sitting there knowing what a beast of a netball team Australia is, waiting for them to bite back, waiting for them to hit? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you could see that in the second and the third quarter, they really started ramping it up and chipping away at the lead that we had. We had a significant one in the first quarter and um, they sort of just went about their work and that's how they usually do catch up on you is just subtly um, start um, digging into that lead. And I know that's something that the girls will be looking at leading into the next game is once they have that lead, how to hold on to it because never say never in a game of netball these days. I wanted to ask you about Peter Toyava. It was her first start in the black dress and she played the whole game she took mine and the crowd's breath away with her athleticism, her speed, her bullet passes. Boy, um, it's been a long time coming, her first start, but she made every post the winner. Yeah, I mean, Peter's an amazing player. And it's like, it's like you said, she's got the athleticism and um, all those tricky little um, things up her sleeve that she has that makes the game even um, that much harder to defend. And also that connection that she has with Grace always, um, also really... Um, showed last night as well so for her to be able to give it, be given that um, opportunity again and, and use it to the, like obviously she smoked it <laughs> she smashed it out of the park, she really utilised her opportunities and that's exactly what 
I think coaches would want of players that when they do get that opportunity, just play their own game and show their own skill, and that's exactly what she did. I thought it was a really good uh, performance by our defensive end as well, and they haven't played a lot together. The combination of Kelly Phoenix and um, the the girl Kate Heffernan, who's playing wing defence, your bib, Karen, it's your bib. Uh, <laughs> those three haven't played a lot together. I was I was quite impressed by their synchronicity and, and how they worked together. Yeah, I think that's also a thing that they would have been working on, and the def- I mean in the attacking end as well, but specifically in the defensive end, having those connections and understanding the people around you, it takes a while to form. And then once it does click, it's just, you know, upwards from there. And I hopefully that's what happened last night, that they finally clicked um, and they're understanding each other 100% now. So they can work together as a unit instead of trying to do their own job only. So it's really exciting to see um, that kind of style um, pulling off and hopefully we'll just see more of that in the next game as well. I, when I'm watching, I try and find new idiosyncrasies that Dame Knowles or, or the senior group or the, or the squad altogether are trying. Last night, I saw Amelia Anikanasio. She was very high when we were coming down on the on the attacking end, like almost at the transverse line, leaving Grace alone in the circle. And it seemed to confuse the Australians. They they didn't quite know how to combat that. I haven't seen Amelia Ann play that high before. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure whether it is a an actual tactic or whether that's just what the game in itself presented an opportunity to do. And that's another thing that we're always working on is not to be too predictable and changing things up and being able to do that. And um, whether that's an impulse thing that she did on court um, or whether it was a planned planned beforehand that really worked. And so it's about how they look forward and keeping doing stuff like that and, and just keeping the opposition on their toes. You know they'll be scouting from that game by the by the diamonds. What do you think they're going to look at? Looking at the attacking end, so you've got the defence mindset, um, stopping the ball getting to Grace has looked almost impossible. Yeah. What do you think they'll change up to just try and stymie uh, the, the Silver Ferns' scoring ability a bit better than what they did last night? Yeah, I think when you play against a you know, tall shooter at the back, the key thing is to try and find the ball before it even gets... Um, to the shooter, so I think they'll try and put more emphasis on put, putting pressure on outside the circle, and especially with Peter having that amazing um, vision into to Grace, how they can shut her down as well, and so that'll, that'll be a challenge in itself for Peter and how she's going to stand up and, and prove her worth and when they actually do put a bit of pressure on her, so yeah, I mean, I'm not, for this their style in the past have been very much one-on-one and just putting pressure on their own players, so I'd assume that's exactly what they'll do. They'll just ramp it up. <laughs> so that it might be a bit more physical in there and a bit more of a tussle. So, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to going to watch that game. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm going down to it as well. You know what I'd see is like a moral victory is if we forced Australia to go zone or a box defence at our shooting end. I think that would be a moral victory. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, like it's quite hard going one-on-one against the likes of a grace. Um, so it's pretty unfair to ask the keeper to be com- um, competing against that. So you have to ask the whole unit to start chipping in and helping out. And unfortunately, with a one-on-one game, that's a bit hard to do. So um, 
in one sense, it is good to know that we are making them have to adjust their game, but that also develops their game. And then one day they might start doing it quite well and we'll have to adjust again. So that's the great thing about the sport, that we're constantly evolving and, and trying to be better. Talking to Karen Berger uh, on her return back to the Silver Ferns. And, of course, we're without you, without Jane Watson, without Gina Crampton as well. A lot of senior heads and, and uh, an amazing netball ability as well. How's your return to play tracking, Karen? Um, pretty much gotten the clear with the foot, it's all good, but there's a lot of other things that I need to focus on and trying to get fit and making sure they don't have other niggles show up and, and start bothering me. So I'm on a plan. <laughs> I'll um, hopefully be have all green lights good to go by December trials leading into January tour. So Fingers crossed I'll be out on court again um, early next year. <laughs> I've spoken to a number of athletes on the way back from injury with an enforced layoff after an operation or a break or something like that, and they look back at the time they had off, and while they were rehabbing physically, they were actually rehabbing mentally as well. So the mental break and the and the mental side of sport is just gained so much more uh, perspective, so much more momentum and the importance placed on it. Looking back since you've been out in it, injured, have you consciously or subconsciously worked on your mental side of the game? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the mental side of the game in itself, but it is um, just having that bigger vision about life outside of netball and that you're more than just a netball player. Mm. And so it is quite nice being able to shut off from netball um, completely because you have no choice um, and focusing on other things in life and enjoying the, the other things in life as well. Um, but also trucking along and keeping yourself healthy and fit for the day that you do get to pull on that dress again. So it has been great. Obviously, I wouldn't have wanted it to happen in the first place, but looking at the positives and the silver lining of it all, there's always good things that come from it. And I've really enjoyed spending time with family and, you know, just planning life after netball as well. So it's been very useful. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. All right, Karen, we wish you well on the recovery. Might see you in um, Tauranga for the second test of the Constellation Cup. Well, one nil up. All things are looking rosy. Thanks, thanks for chatting with us today. No worries. Thank you. Bye. Hot, hot sun. Ah, the hot, hot pops from the tab.co.nz's live sports, news, picks, tips, wins, deposits, withdrawals. The whole shebang is at tab.co.nz uh, pops. I just had a peruse at the odds, and I'd said before I looked at the odds for the netball on Sunday, just take the team with the point start. Whoever's getting a point start, opened it, 185 the pair. <laughs> Yeah, well, after what we saw last night, Steph, uh, can't argue. Surprised that it's a dollar eighty-five the pair. I mean, um, that was scintillating. That was great for the Silver Ferns last night, wasn't it? It, it truly was. It was um, it was pure theatre, and I'm so stoked it's a sold out stadium in Tauranga because what that does, first of all, it gives the Tauranga people a chance to witness some international sport. It'll bring an amazing atmosphere that you will get through the micro- microphones uh, when we're commentating it here on SENZ. It's, it's going to be a barn burner, so can't wait for Test 2 of the Constellation Cup. But a big old weekend for rugby as well. Semi-final time. Yes, and i tell you what, Steph, what we're seeing here is punters are keen to dive into Wellington. They come in with the hot form. 
so far. Uh, of course, uh, was it eight on the bounce? And they're a dollar fifty-five, and they've been well supported in the last twenty-four hours. Auckland at two forty-five. Are, are they starting to get to a backable price? Auckland, We're waiting for them to to do deliver something where they can say that they are serious contenders of winning the competition. They got through with a late penalty goal against North Harbour, uh, but most of the money is circling around Wellington. And our biggest bet in this match is five thousand dollars on Wellington. It's a one to twelve margin, ooh, ooh, uh, which currently sits at two seventy. Ooh, not bad. Heartland's uh, ramping up as well. Um, I personally, I don't think anyone can beat South Canterbury um, for the Meads Cup. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at them. Are, are they super, super short? Uh, maybe Thames Valley won't get it. I don't know. I just can't see anyone beating South Canterbury. What's what's their run at the moment, Steph? But they're on some massive heater, aren't they? South yeah. South Canterbury, aren't they? What, yeah, it's almost like haven't been beaten for twenty years. It feels like they just <laughs> they are just so so good, and and I love watching them too. They play old fashioned rugby, give the ball a little bit of air, good big strong forwards, yeah. few uh, naturalised imports that are fair dinkum South Cantabrians now. But yeah, oh, it's great rugby, the the Heartland. It is, it is. I actually really enjoy it. I, you think about that match they played in the Ramfley Shield. They they, they pushed Hawks Bay in, they that, did. in that match against Hawks, didn't they? They, they? they were seriously coming back in that second half. And from there on, you went, oh, Heartland uh, for South Canterbury again might be the case. Look, I'm, I'm just trying to find some odds on that match here, Steffi. I can't see that the team have got the odds open yet for... Uh, for the Heartland, so that might be tomorrow. Yeah, um, I've just clicked on it too. I, I see South Canterbury at dollar thirty yeah. to win the whole thing, which would suggest they're going to be about ooh dollar twenty at the most, dollar fifteen maybe head to head for their for their semi. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what is open yeah. is uh, Women's Rugby World Cup, another full round this coming weekend, grandstand opening weekend, last one. Um, the price I'm interested in here. France six dollars, England dollar nine. Now I know England uh, are rightly so favourites, but I think France are the third best team in this World Cup. Mm, well, well, it's funny you say that, Steph, because we've actually taken a little bit of money on the point start for France there, mm. uh, which is at sixteen and a half. So a dollar eighty uh, is where we've seen most of the money centred around in this match uh, is on uh, the France woman. Sixteen plus sixteen and a half. Yeah, you're right. Six dollars for France, a dollar oh nine. Pretty hard to be selling bets on England at a dollar oh nine at this stage, where we have seen a little bit of money for England has been around that thirteen and over line. Uh, we've seen a couple of hundred dollar bets on England, uh, thirteen plus at a dollar fifty two. But your best place in the marketplace at this stage, and that one is France plus sixteen and a half. We'll get to a couple of the other matches uh, around the World Cup. What I will say too. Uh, Black Ferns really well supported to win the whole thing. We, we've seen so much money uh, for the for the Black Ferns, and that was pre first game, uh, and uh, even more so after what happened uh, last weekend when they when they got it all done. Uh, when they, what was it, seventeen nil down, and, and really put the pedal down. Uh, well, what we've seen in these other matches, though, we've seen uh, Australia a dollar oh six very well supported against Scotland, mainly in that winning team in margin thirteen and over, and also in the point start. And we'll jump to uh, the Black Ferns too in their match against Wales. Uh, look, they're unbackable whales at $21, but we have seen punters wanting to get around the Black Ferns to win this match by 48 points or more at $1.87. A couple of smaller bets on whales covering that spread at, at plus 47.5 uh, at 182. And I'll jump to the Rugby League World Cup. 
A lot of interest here, Steph. This is going to take a heck of a lot of interest, and punters have already decided to talk with their money here. $1,000 on Australia at the point start at 385 at $1.87. Uh, of course, they come up against uh, Fiji in their opening game. Uh, we've seen a couple of bets like the $500 on Fiji, but most of our money is around Australia. And the same can be said too with punters taking the point start with the Kiwis against Lebanon. Uh, that's currently at a line of 41.5 points. We're about to give away, we're going to try and give away a $150 TAB bonus bet, surely, on our great game, The Vault. There you go, listeners, you can start calling now. Um, $150 bonus bet across the range of books. How would you go about it, Pops? Oh, this week. This weekend, okay, nothing long-term. Oh, well, I'll tell you what I would do. I'd put it on the Kiwis to win the Rugby League World Cup, and I'd, and I would take the boosted price that's available at $5.50. There's a bit of a watch for you at five fifty for 150 smackers. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot, Pops. Thank you, good sir. All right, mate. You have a good one. Cheers, you, you too, buddy. Brendan Popperwell, the great man out of the TAB, tab.co.nz is where you find those, and I've just clicked on that. Yep, boosted, five fifty in the standard market, so their true price is three seventy five. They've left it at five fifty. That's that's pretty big. Put 150 on that. I see Sam with his calculator on his phone. Or maybe he's just putting it on himself. We're going to play the vault next. 0800-150-811 is the number to call. The vault is... A sporting moment has been locked in the vault. No one's been able to get it for the last two days. If you've been listening, you'll know the clues. If you haven't, I'll give you three clues from the last two days. And then today... Because we're on day three, you only get three questions, then you've got to try and solve it. 0800-150-811. It's the vault, and there's a $150 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. Ten questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault? <sighs> Sammy, you've been out of the booth. This is your brainchild. Your brainchild. The bank manager's back. Yeah, have you been following back, it? The bank manager's back. I've been following. I've been following drama. a lot. There's been a lot of drama. I I did the questions with uh, Niv oh, yesterday. Niv the one that, um, He's the one who put the the goods in the vault, and I did it yesterday. And uh, I got there in the end, but it's um took you more than seven. No, no, I got. I think I got there in about seven, actually. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay, so here's how it works. We but I had listened to the, the earlier questions. The previous two days. Okay, so we've had two days of questions. Interestingly, uh, there's been 12 questions, and the answer's been no to all of them. Ooh. Mm. So it does narrow it down for you. So we've got... And we're five questions today, aren't we? Three. It was five yesterday. Oh, jeebus. Yeah. That makes it tough. But they get to ask... What two of the ones were from the first day and one of the ones were from yesterday. Okay. $150 TAB bonus bet. Thank you to the TAB. Right, we've got Brenton. G'day, Brenton. G'day, brother. How are you? I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. Have you been listening over the last two days? Yeah, man. Okay, so do you need any questions from the previous two days? Nah. No. So, right, so Sam knows... Even, even though they're all rubbish... Bloody uh, questions, some of those. Some of them weren't great. Some of them weren't great, but it did. It, it does help. Even a rubbish question helps. So, Sammy. Yeah. All right, Brenton. You sound pretty confident. You, you, do you have an answer in mind before we get to the questions? Ah, no, no. <laughs> no. Okay, sure. Let's go then. All right, Brenton. Uh, questions. Hit me with que- hit me with question numero uno. Uno. Okay, as it and. 
New Zealand athlete, individual athlete. But, uh, yeah. I see what you're saying, and I don't like it, Brendan, because no, it is not a New Zealand individual athlete. One down. Me a bit. I around the Olympics, okay, you can go yeah. one more. Uh, two more questions. Is it, is it a female? <sighs> well, whatever the answer is, whatever the answer is, you've gone 50 50. <laughs> yeah. Is it a female? Is a female involved? No. No. Okay. So we're a male non-New Zealand athlete and all the other ones. So it's straight no. So far you get one more question and then you have to have a guess. Is it pre-1980s? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a great question. i tell you what, Brenton. And it's going to be the first yes, staff. It's pre-1980s. It's pre-1980s. Wow. Well, there you go. I mean, it's a help. Might not be a huge help. No, it's not a huge help at all. Right, so I'm gonna need, I'm gonna, we're going to need an answer from you or a guess from you, Brenton. Not a New Zealander. Okay, I'll just... Yeah, not a New Zealander. Females not involved, pre-1980s, sporting. What are we saying, Sam? It's Is a, it... Is it Muhammad Ali's Rumble in the Jungle? From that field. Chuck that in the vault, Sam. So you want me to put Muhammad Ali's Rumble in the Jungle into the vault? I don't title know. Fight, we'll title fight that, yeah. Do you want to give me any more information? Because the vault does like specifics. Uh, one where he So let's so Rumble in the Jungle was different to the Thriller in Manila. Oh, the, well, it's the Thriller in Manila I want to go. That one. That fight who ever fought in Thriller in Manila. So you're locking in, Brenton, the Thriller in Manila. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. You think yeah. that's what's locked behind the vault? Well, it's just from left field. All right, Brenton, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, my friend. I'm going to punch that combination into the vault. Let's have a look. Access denied. Ooh. It's not the right answer, Brenton. It's not the right answer. The vault remains closed for another day. Good on you, Brenton. Oh, good effort, though, my friend. Thanks for having a go. Thanks. Yep, no worries. Hopefully someone gets it tomorrow. Yeah, $200. Oh, he did that on purpose just to jackpot it up to 200 yeah. I reckon. Yeah, he might have, eh? Yeah. Out of left field. Uh, not an athlete. Not an, and, I'm sorry, not a New Zealand individual athlete. Not a female, and it is pre nineteen eighties. Now, can I just um, and this isn't giving anything away here though, staff. But um, I did get criticised for the Maradona, the Maradona one because someone had said a couple of days earlier Maradona scores a goal. Now the vault, as I mentioned to Brenton, there is very specific. So if you're going to come and say, "Oh, um, Mark Stafford wins a gold medal," well, we're going to need a year at least. What, we the, need what the event, event was? Because so, I've won truckloads. Yep. So, so that's why I'm asking for specifics when people give their guesses. I ask for a bit more to it just so we can make sure that the vault combination is exact. Because 
the vault combination, it's about it's about thirty digits, staff. You know, and when you're punching this, those in, you get one wrong, and the vault doesn't open. So and let's be honest, this is like crypto. This is Niv's vault too. This isn't yours, and he's had yeah. to tell you in private what it actually is and what he requires. Yeah, I even think that Niv's using the new technology. Um, uh, it's a new vault technology, which is a is lot this, harder to crack. A lot oh, harder to crack. He's gone meta. Yeah, <laughs> he's gone. He's gone digital. It mine's more of the analog, uh, safe, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, crazy! Hey, so two hundred bucks, staff up for grabs on a Friday. Cra- and how many questions do we give them tomorrow? Uh, two. All right, we just keep going down. Yeah. To be honest, if you uh, people, if you go and listen to the last three days of the vault, you you've got in essence. 15 questions. Yeah. You can you can work it out from that, surely. Yeah, Craig's buddy loves the vault. The last two days have had me rolling on the floor laughing, as the young'uns would say, tomorrow. Oh, roll, R-O-F-L, as the young ones would say. Uh, one question for the contestants. We're going to give two. We're going to give two. Um... <laughs> Don't read those out. I won't read the next two out. You're not allowed to guess on the text machine because that will give me a yes or a no, and we can't give any more yeses or nos. Oh, and someone's just texting um, during my chat with Karen Berger, idiosyncrasy and synchronicity. Where's Steffi put it, when's Steffi putting out a thesaurus for the listeners? Did I say those two words? Did I? I could see myself saying those. I could see myself though. And we've had a couple more um, of your favourite Trans-Tasman um, events. We've got Adam Blair versus Glenn Stewart. That was an absolute ripper. Yeah, the Battle of Brookvale. Well, it's not the Battle of Brookvale, but it happened at Brookvale. Um, uh, someone telling us Jesse Wright is very good at indoor cricket. He's got soft hands as opposed to outdoor cricket, and he's a very accurate bowler. Very accurate bowler. And... Um, a comment on yesterday's uh, vault contestant. I can't say that because it gives clues. Sorry, Craig, but I love your text messages. That's an absolute ripper as well. Uh, we will take a break. In the next hour, we're going to be chatting to Tony Johnson out of Sky Sport. Uh, the rugby semifinals are on this week. And I want to quiz him about this All Blacks 15. number of things I've got to quiz him about on that. Stick around. We'll be back. We're back. We're back. Um, just looking up, talking about, uh, we've had a caller ring up. And just ask off here if I can ask Tony Johnson about Peter Gus, where to from here. Can't play for Fiji for three years. And I was trying to remember the dual internationals, uh, dual countries, um, like Shane Howth. And I remember Jamie Salmon, but he played, I think he last, I'm looking up here, he last played for New Zealand in 81, then played for England in 85. Had a number of games for Wellington as well. 64 games for Wellington, in fact. And then his first game for England was against the All Blacks. Hasn't happened lots. Um, and I also understand Nani Lamapi was only a month away being eligible for Tonga for the Rugby World Cup next year. Still fighting, trying to get that lessened. Uh, be great to see him at the Rugby League World Cup. Uh, sorry, the Rugby World Cup oh, and the Rugby League World Cup. Why not? Um, coming up to two o'clock, we've got new sport and weather with Johnny Mack. And as I say, in the next half hour, we're going to be talking to Tony Johnson. Any questions for TJ around the NPC semis? Well, this All Blacks 15. Get them in, double eight, double three. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We're back. Just like that. 
Straight out of the news. Bang. I just went and had um, – I noticed yesterday that uh, we had a fri- – Whoa, 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 whoa. <clears throat> I had like a song lined up and everything. I was really going to get you in the mood from okay. two to three, and Play it just it. completely cut – you crashed on me. Do you want to try again? Well, I don't know now because it's sort of like now that it's all dressed up, whereas I just wanted to – I wanted to surprise you. Okay. Let, let's set the stage again. That's new sport and weather on SENZ, more inside 30 – on ECNZ. And then this is the song that plays. Here to get you through your workday, this is Afternoons with Staffy on ECNZ. Oh, thanks for the news, Johnny Mac. Fantastic. Tune there, Sammy, getting me up and about for the two to three oh, I just hours. wanted to surprise you, Steph, because oh. I thought that would yeah, really get you going. So. Well, what surprised me was the dead air straight after the news. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Don't know what I'm talking about. We're going to have a chat with Tony Johnson very soon, Sky Sports uh, man of rugby. Any questions for him, get them through on double eight double three. There was something in the news I was going to comment on then. And the dead air threw me, the, the alleged dead air threw me. And I can't remember what it was. Um, pizzas? No, that was, that was it. <laughs> I, got, I got sent a text from Domino's. Like, I ordered Domino's once off their app, and about every three days I get sent a text with what their specials for the day is. That and Gal, that, those are your two favourite notifications. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, they've told me it's uh, three pizzas for $11 each. Large ones at that. 33 bucks for three pizzas. That's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Chuck that into your Sparksport itinerary for the weekend. Job done. Me, oh my, yes, boy. I did enjoy that comment. Um, are we going to try and make some money for charity this week, Sam? Have you have you had time to put your nose Absolutely. into the, yeah. into the form guide? Jeepers, that is the, yep, I do. I, uh, Just you're flustered, aren't you, at the moment? I'm rattled, I'm really rattled. Just cut, take a couple of days off and um, know, can't find my feet. Just get all rusty on it. Sort of like Peter Gus. You know, you play a couple of games, you get dropped, and you sort of get Don't worried. You anymore. get worried. You know, what do you do? What are you doing here? <laughs> is this the game for you? Um, well, what do you want to start with, the harness? Um, yes. Okay. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. Now, this will be interesting because all of the top horses in New Zealand are now fully into their campaigns. Um, Including the one I've picked. The one, the Aussie horse is on its way to New Zealand for the New Zealand Cup, mm. which uh, we were given the heads up and we shared it with the listeners as well, with uh, Darren from Addington. He said there was an Aussie horse doing good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it won the Victoria Cup last Saturday. When we took it, it was at 11. Yep, I think so. And now it's four. What a result. Hasn't won yet, but geez. Well, we've, we've I'll got, take it. We've got value. That's a win in my mind, Steve. Where are you going this time? What day? Today. Today? Yep. So today's harness is, is it tonight? Could be. Cambridge? No. Wyndham? Correct. Oh, you're going Wyndham. And the- Wyndham. I tell you what, if it's anything, if it's race one, two or three, we can play it on the show. It's race three, Steph. 
Oh, it's in 57. Oh, we can't quite. We can't quite. It's at... Can we, can we play it during Phoenix Nation? 305. It's <laughs> at we, 305. Can we play it during Phoenix Nation? We're going to leave the studio, go out and turn the wireless on and listen to the MLT Three Rivers Hotel Handicap Trot, the Square Gators. Mm, yep. Standing start. As opposed to the Alligators. Um, uh, 2,400 metres. Yep. Odds are all here. Right. Now, you would have taken... Um. Oh, there's a clear and obvious one here. Yeah, absolutely. What's your son's name? Charlie. Have you taken Charlie P? No, I haven't. Oh. <laughs> no, no, there's an old saying, Staff, you don't uh, crap where you, where you eat. Um, so, you know, I don't want to – I just want to keep my family out of this if I can. Um, but I went for uh, – we'll see if there's another one there that sticks out to you. Well, none as big as that. Uh, you wouldn't take a horse on the un- unruly off 25, surely. So perhaps top pocket chance? or I actually no. don't know. Jimmy Carter. No, I'm going now. Uh, Port Pegasus. Port Pegasus. Blair Orange. Why didn't yeah. I notice that? Yeah, should have. And, and like, obviously pick the Wyndham because I don't like Raynham. Um, <laughs> and and I think Port Pegasus is a red hot chance. Won well in its last start, staff, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, is going to continue on this week, I think. What is it paying? Four bucks. Take it. Four bucks. Um, I'm just seeing it's raced at the track seven times, four placings, no wins. Uh, a 39 start. Warm-ups they were, though. Yeah, 39 year. Uh, sorry, 39 start. It's a... Jeepers, I look 39 years old. Th- He's uh, getting on. Four-year-old gelding had 39 starts for five wins. It's due. Yeah, no, nah, it's due. Port Pegasus, nice. Yeah, that's my... So, uh, and then I'll give you a good greyhound, shall I? If you would. It's the Great Greyhound Racing New Zealand Charity Run. You didn't sing along that time. It's too late now. Too late now, yeah. Um, Greyhounds, what day? Friday. That's tomorrow. Correct. I think, I think you'll find. Yep. Uh, Friday Greyhounds. Now, Greyhounds on a Friday will be probably Addington or maybe Palmy. Wow. You know where I like to go, Staff. Palmerston On a Friday. North. Correct. <laughs> Race? Guess. Well, if it's uh, if it's one, two, or three, we can play it on here. It's three, Steph. Oh! It's perfect timing too. It's at three thirty-eight. There we go. Play the race. Go to an ad break. Play the vault. Oh, but what about across the ditch? Oh, they can just wait. Oh no, we'll have time. Three thirty-eight. It's only a twenty-second race. Oh wow. Okay, that's fantastic. Oh, it th- could be less than twenty seconds if if my one gets over the line. You know what I'm saying? And this guy's quick. This guy's quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you love the squeeze box, which mm. is four, five, and six. But I don't think you're going there. Mm, oh, well, just think about it. Mr. Fahrenheit, Will and Bale, Thrilling Rogue. Has he gone Thrilling Rogue? Karen Walsh, Kennels? No, I think you've gone No Keeper. Gone Thrilling Rogue. And, um, Have you? Yeah, but it's five Rogue. Yeah, and actually common of you, and great that we're talking about this staff, a little bit of education for listeners, it's actually pronounced Rogu. Um, oh, Thrilling Rogu or Rogu. It's spelt Rogue if you're trying to find it on the TAB, but but pronounced Rogu because um, the, uh, the parents... Um, of that particular dog, uh, actually of um, Portuguese descent. Oh, Magic Sprite or Corinth Bale? Both Which, of them. Both in Portuguese. Both Portuguese. Yep, immigrants. Wow. And the Greyhound immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know this, but there's a big sort of underground um, travel network, uh, Greyhounds trying to get out of Portugal. Mm. And they come to New Zealand where it's safe and um, they, they love to race. Um, so wasn't thrilling, them. wasn't thrilling Rogu in the silver collar like the premier race in New Zealand? Uh, look, he, sure he could have won a silver collar at some point. 
Um, whether he was in the race, I can't tell you, Steph. Well, I can. But can I think you? it was. Well, where did he come? Uh, don't know. Don't know. But Karen Walsh can train a dog. Oh, can't she just? And she loves it. Um, and we love thrilling Rogan. Do you know how much it's paying? Ha- have a guess. I'll give you, hang on, hang on. I'll give you a clue. No keeper who I thought you might take it is paying $1.30. Mm, okay, well, look, Portuguese dogs, um, you know, they tend to favour the outside. In Palmy. Uh, it's in Palmy, of course, which is probably a little bit colder for them. They're used to the sort of Mediterranean mm. uh, climate. So Olives are expensive in is Palmy. It, is, it, is, it, is it north of five bucks? Well north. Like north, north, nor, 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 $15. $14, Sam. Okay. Jeepers. Happy with that if it comes in, though, Steph. Five, four, bucks. What colour are the, um, are the bibs? The rug. Yeah. Is five. Number yellow. What did I say? <laughs> five, number yellow. Yeah. You said what colour are the bibs? Netballers yeah, okay. wear bibs. <laughs> Greyhounds wear rugs. Well, no, actually, netballers just wear the, the Velcro things now, don't they? They just stick it on their dress. They it's just, a bib. Is it, though? It's still a bib. Oh, it's just a, it's a bib. It's a bit of Velcro. Um, it's yellow. It's yellow. Mm, cool fi. Taranaki colours, gold and black. I don't like that. Gold I'm a rug with, man. A, with a black. No, I don't like well, that. Well, it's three of Waikato's colours. You mean two? Two of the three. Two of the three. Yeah, well, that's not. It's just missing red. It's not good enough. It's just missing red. Can we stop this conversation now, Sam? Can if you want. Thank you to Greyhound Racing. Thank you to Harness Racing. The charity is Dave Latelli's BBM doing great work. He's opening stuff up all over the place with the thanks of the community, and we just like to help out just a little bit more. We're going to take a break. Any questions for Tony Johnson on rugby? Anything you like at all? I love getting your questions because I get them on so he can inform you. Tell me what you want to know. Double eight, double three. Text them through. Tony Johnson after the break. Welcome back in. Uh, joining us now, as he does on Thursdays, always look forward to this chat. We've got some text questions from the listeners come through. Tony Johnson, welcome in. Hello, Staffy. Hello, my friend. Uh, let's do the text questions first, eh? Um, here's an interesting one, and I have no idea what the answer is. Staffy, was Tony Johnson the guy that set up the Crusaders Golden Oldie Rugby Club around the Levin area? No. No, that was a simple one. <laughs> that was a simple one. Well, Tony Johnson, but it wasn't this one. Okay, all right. Um, uh, we've had so many texts. I would say we've had about 12 texts, and 10 of them all involve one person's name, and it's Peter Gus Sowakula. So what's your take on Peter Gus Sowakula? Not wanted anymore, yet he was good enough to pick uh, to be picked in the two tests against the top team in the world, and now he's nowhere. I know it's yeah. a wide-ranging question. Where do we go? Yeah. Um, his form early on the year was terrific. And I thought, you know, midway through Super Rugby had to be a shoo-in for the All Blacks. Uh, perhaps you know, it did sort of fall away. I'm not sure whether there's an injury issue there at all. I don't know. But it, it's, you know, an awful fall, isn't it, when you've come from being in the All Blacks, playing a test match, and then falling away and, and, and not being selected at all. I mean, there are a few question marks to me over the selection of that uh, All Blacks 15. I just hope the guy can bounce back from that because uh, he'd be feeling a bit, a bit rotten right now. And, of course, uh, it means that he's tied in. Uh, he, you know, he can't play um, for anyone else but New Zealand now for a while, for five years or something. You know, so that, you know. 
Yeah, it is sad. It is sad for him, and I hope he can refine enough form to make it. Um, you know, you have to select me because I'm playing so well. You touched on All Blacks 15. We've had a swag of questions across all shows all week about the name, um, the, the dilution. All Blacks should only be our top team, shouldn't be our second team. What's the what's the what's their thinking around what? What part this All Blacks 15 plays? Is this is this a massive reserve squad? Is it a reward for good form? Is it a bunch of replacements? I can't get my head around the purpose of it. That's the word I'm looking for. Okay, well, when they announced that they were going to be sending a team away, I thought it was a great idea. I remember going back 2000 on an All Black tour of, uh, well, they were in France mainly, and they had a New Zealand A team around at the same time. And I think they played the French Barbarians, French Universities. They played Wales A and they played Romania. And it meant that they were, I think Dion Waller got called out of that team into the All Black squad. But there was a whole bunch of guys, Mills Mulliaina, uh, Rico Gear, Jerry Collins, Kevin Mialamu, Chris Jack, uh, Sharky Robinson. It kind of launched them into international rugby. Mm. And I, I thought it was, a, it, it was a really great concept. And I thought, well, this, we could have another one of those. It'd be great. Um, I don't think they've quite nailed this one. First of all, it's a hell of a long way to go to play two games. That, that team that I mentioned, they played four games. Surely you're going to send a team across to the other side of the world. You, you can do better than, than just stitching up two games for them. Uh, that team that went away, they had 27 players, the one I was talking about, and everyone got two games at least. Uh, whereas, you know, you send 28 players away to two, play two games. It's a, it's, it's a different story. Um, so there's that. Secondly, I know what you're getting at. Um, what is this? Uh, is this a reward for long service? Uh, there obviously are some very promising players, and they, you know the likes of George Bell. They'll see this as a springboard into higher things. But by the same token, I think there's some very deserving players who have been left behind. Um, you know, Ollie Norris, Lachlan McConnell. I mean, has anyone actually been watching him play? He's been absolutely outstanding. Uh, Sean Stevenson, another one, just been shooting the lights out. In in, uh, in the NPC, um, Manaki Selby Rickett, um, and that's just that, that's just a, a, a small handful. There are a heap of others. So um, I would have liked to have seen them play two more games, and I'd like to see room for three or four more players in the side. Uh, all of the up and coming variety. I can understand too why they've picked some uh, um, guys like um, Kurt Eklund was the other one. It was, mm. uh, I think you know. He's had a terrific season. I, I, you know, to me, he should be in that team. Um, but and and okay, you can understand they want some experience there. So you send away a guy like TJ Perinaro, who can be a, a role model to the others. But um, yeah, to me, it should be more of a developmental team. And secondly, I, I understand why people don't like it being called an All Blacks 15. It's not an All Blacks 15. It's a New Zealand 15. New Zealand A was the name of that team that went away in 2000. Um, and I don't see what's wrong with, with something like that. Yep, I like to protect those two words, All Blacks, as the absolute pinnacle. Um, I wouldn't like All Blacks A, I wouldn't like All Blacks B. Um, I'm with you, New Zealand A, something like that uh, is, is where I'd like to go. Yes, some really desperately unlucky guys who must be just thinking, what now? What do I have to do? But we move on, we move on, and we have... Um, oh, actually, before I talk to you about the NPC semis, uh, the Women's Rugby World Cup is here. Um, for me, I really enjoyed the first weekend. The thing I don't like is I have to wait another six days till it goes again. It's uh, I'd rather maybe yeah. a, a bit more split and maybe some games on a Wednesday. 
Well, yeah, they wanted to start it off, though, with the two big double headers. Uh, I can understand the thinking behind that. But then if you if you play um, games and, you know, six games over two days, well, then, or, or whatever, you, you, you do have to wait. Um, that That's just the, the downside of that. But I, I to, to me, uh, it was a winner, the opening weekend, an absolute winner. An overwhelmingly positive comment about it, what I've been reading around the rugby world, um, you know, firstly, hats off to the marketers. You know, they, they don't always get it right. There was some cringeworthy stuff during the 2017 Lions tour, but this, they, they got it right. Um, the big day at Eden Park worked. Pitching for a world record crowd, that got everyone in. Rita Ora, that all worked. Um, the Poi, that worked beautifully. Mm. And to, But then it came down to the players. Uh, and, you know, we saw quality stuff. Just a couple of observations. Firstly, just to me, the, the, the thing that's really resonated with people around the world, the, the karanga and the haka, mm. um, it was beautiful. Um, it was really more spiritual than, than we've seen it. You could tell that there was a deep spiritual meaning in that, and, and that really has resonated, um, you know, even amongst people around the world who are serial critics of the haka and don't like the, the sight of a thumb being drawn across the throat and all that sort of stuff. Uh, to me, that, that set the whole thing up. And the other one is just the absolute positive intent of the women players who are trying to use the ball. They're trying, they're not kicking the ball a lot. You're not seeing, you know, reset scrum after reset scrum. You're not seeing teams cynically slowing down the play by faking injuries and crawling to the line out. They wanted to play. They wanted to keep the game, game going. It's the best ad- advertisement that there has ever been for women's rugby. Really is um, really well encapsulated there, TJ. Let's go NPC semi-finals. Uh, the top four teams. Everyone's telling me Canterbury are going to host the final. I'm not so. Well, they might. They're probably the best chance of the four teams to win. But really, any of the four can win this weekend. Absolutely. Um, you know, Northland. Uh, although Canterbury got came through in the end, um, you know, they had to work really hard to beat the Tanifa. And I think they will respect any team that can knock the defending champions out on their home track, which is what Bay of Plenty did last week. There's a lot of talent in that Bay of Plenty side, and I think some of them will be burning. I'm not sure. I haven't seen the team for the, the game in Christchurch yet. I'm not sure what the status of Caleb Trask is. He, he's been brilliant uh, this year. But there are other guys, I mentioned a couple of names before, who will have a point to prove about being left out of those two New Zealand sides. Uh, so, you know, again, just a classic situation. They can fire everything they've got left at Canterbury. Uh, having said that, Canterbury just seem to have fixed their sights on their first title since 2017 at home in Christchurch. They'll be hellishly hard to beat. And I think Wellington will be hard to beat too in, in the game in, in the capital, mate. Um, I, I don't think anyone's playing better than Wellington at the moment. Uh, they, they've just they've stormed through the pack to, to um, you know, to, to lead the table going through. They've earned home advantage. Auckland have been, well, at times they've been good, but they've been a bit flaky. But I just, to me, this is the best balanced Wellington team that I've seen in a long time. I, I agree. I, it's kind of weird because I lived in Wellington for so long and went to so many of their games, and it had been a real roller coaster for the fans down there. And, um, you know, good game, bad game, bad game, good, 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 bad, bad. They've really strung together some consistency, and at this time of the season, that's so important. Yeah, it is. Uh, consistently good, um, you know, a good quality of rugby. But what I love about it, just touching on that balance thing again, 
you've got that really nice mix. I mean, you look at the front row, obviously Numea and Almua, they've been around for a while now, but they're still what you consider players on, on the upswing. But then you've got a guy like Pet Cowan alongside them with all of his vast experience. Caleb Delaney, who might be one of the most exciting um, forwards, along with um, Peter Luckey that we've seen this year. And in the middle of them, you've got Dominic Bird with all the, the experience that he had, you know, alongside just the insatiable appetite for work um, of Blackwell. And then in the backs, again, you've got that similar mix. Uh, I see Peter Umanga Jensen is out. That's a bit of a loss. But Riley Higgins comes in, and he's a he's a, a quality prospect as well. So, look, I, I think, um, you know, to, as I say, it's it, they've just got that lovely balance right of seasoned pros, up-and-coming talent, plus some, you know, good, hard-working, um, you know, guys in, in the middle of it all who, who, who fulfil their role. So... I, I think they'll be very hard to beat. Um, Auckland, you never quite know with them uh, if they play. I see Paddy Tui Pelotu is playing and uh, Nico Jones is back. Noah Kira Ioane this week, um, but uh, they're capable of it. And I'm sure Alama would love to go to Wellington and beat them. But I, I, to me, Wellington, it has to, to me, if I had to put um, a pro, money on a, a final matchup at this stage, it would be Auckland. Uh, sorry, it would be Canterbury Wellington. And who would win that one, TJ? Uh, well, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> You're not prepared well, to, to go full Nostradamus. It actually happens yet. And, mate, I, you know, there's always room for an upset. And as you say, I, I think we've had it, it's there's been an evenness about the competition. Uh, you, you don't want to take any game, um, you know, you, you don't want to go into a game just below par or you'll stub your toe like Canterbury did when they went um, and, and played Taranaki. Mm. There'd been upsets, plenty of last-minute thrillers. I mean, the game at North Harbour last week, that was a cracker. Um, but in, in the end, you know, we, we've got four really good informed teams um, in, in, in the semi-finals. As I say, with Auckland, probably the one that the sort of will they, won't they, um, which version's going to turn up this week that provides that bit of the, the wild card factor. One more text just come in before we go. Um, might be a hard one to answer as well, but who is Tony Johnson starting 10, 12 and 15 for the All Blacks as we stand now? So is it if we were playing England this week in the must-win match, who's our 10, 12? Is it 10, 12? Yeah, 10, 12 and 15. Well, I have, I have to say um, it, was, it was good to see Anton Leonard-Brown uh, coming back and looking, looking quite sharp last week. But I, I, do, I do quite like what they ended up with um, after the Quintupaya injury with uh, Richie Maunga at 10, Geordie Barrett at 12. I mean, Geordie, you could tell, he really wants to play there. And he took, you know, he made every post a winner. And and and, and Bodie at fullback, um, and which, you know, apologies to the Will Jordan for fullback campaigners. But to me, <laughs> you know, you pop him on the wing with a licence to pop up anywhere on the field. He's just as dangerous. So that, that would be my answer at the moment. Absolutely brilliant, TJ. Enjoy this weekend. Um, World Cup Women's Rugby, uh, Constellation Cup, Netball, and the NPC Semis, and the Rugby League World Cup soon too. It's a packed old weekend. Yeah, cricket on as well. And uh, boy, I, I love that we watched the Netball last night. There, uh, how good, how good did they play? That was that was an awesome performance. It was stunning. It was just stunning. Absolutely loved it. TJ, got a scoop. Thanks for your time, buddy. All right, mate. Okay. Tony Johnson, great man, every Thursday. Um, we're just coming up to the uh, 2 o'clock news, but uh, 
Our lifestyle focus rugby update each Thursday. Tony Johnson, stronger, cheaper spray and go by lifestyle focus. Put it on my step, actually. It was a bit green. I'll give you a report, an update next week. See if it's going, going, gone. News time. I do enjoy my chats with the people out of the greyhound racing industry that we are lucky enough to get on each Thursday normally. And today's victim is Dylan Voice. G'day, Dylan. G'day, Steph. How are you? Very well, mate. Greyhounds. Uh, when you were 15 years old, did you think you'd be involved in the greyhound industry? Um, yes, because um, it was probably around 12 or 13 years old. My stepdad, um, Anthony Hart, he um, moved moved out to Rakai and got a few um, break-ins and a few ex-race dogs to get back in the game because he uh, he trained um, years and years ago back in the Kiwi two days and he had a break and then he got back into it and we kind of tagged along out there and haven't really looked back since. So you're a foreman at the kennels now. T- tell me what your day looks like. When does it start? When does it finish? And what happens in the middle? Um, well, general day-to-day when we're not racing, we kind of start 7.30 and... Um, obviously let them all out and if there's a team to get galloped, we'll gallop them before we feed them and then we'll go in and have our own little break and then go out and do some machining and work on injuries and then kind of get to the lunchtime and then if we want to take them over to the exercise yard, that, like the dogs that aren't racing will work in that day and just let them have a wee stretch their muscles and have a wee trot around and then we kind of go in for lunch and then go out and let them out again and Obviously, in the winter, put their pajamas back on and <laughs> feed them and all that. So they, um, yeah, it's a busy, um, busy operation. Then obviously you're racing like Thursday nights and the odd time you're travelling around the country if there's big races. And we we quite often go to Invercargill because the dogs here they they like that track. So yeah, when an Invercargill trip hits, that it's a different story. Then that's a day and a half. You know, you're away from home and so yeah, it's a busy, busy time and it's about to get busier with, you know, cup week coming up and a lot of uh, big races kind of hit with the restricted age season for the younger ones and that. So exciting times ahead. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about one dog you've had in the past and um, I'm all about great names and you've potentially got the greatest name of a greyhound ever, a dog called Cronk Went Plonk. I love that. Tell me about that. Yeah, he, he was... Um, Obviously named after the league player because he was my idol <laughs> around when he when he got named um, Cooper Cronk and he hit the um, he hit that field goal in Origin from about forty metres out and <laughs> I think it was Rabbits Rabbits made the call Cronk went plong and I thought that's the name for a dog and yeah he was a goodie I think he got the C four I don't think he quite got to open class but he was just done everything right he chased hard and he's now he's living a great life as a pet with um, up in Auckland we we keep in contact he's came and visited a few times and. You know, he's loving life, and he's a beautiful dog. Is it tempting to, to come? I think that's, you know how dogs have uh, traditional names, like you'll see all the Opawas and all the Misties, and through the years we've had a lot of um, like names. I reckon commentary, iconic commentary moments could be your thing, you know. Imagine a dog called uh, Lomu. Oh, oh, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't thought of that far, but, yeah, no, it's definitely good to mix it up a bit. Like, obviously, some people are in the ways of, they got their name and that's fine, but I like to try and put a bit of thought into it and come up with, you know, quotes off movies and, you know, sport commentaries, just things you hear and just, yeah, something a bit different.
Oh, I like it, Dylan. Now, uh, Addington tonight, uh, if you cast your eye over the fields, can you point us in? I'm not saying give us guaranteed winners because that's not fair, but, yeah. you know, a couple that you might like tonight going around. Um, I'm just, I know we've got a, uh, there's a bitch in about, she's in race five, I think, that Mustang Negan. She's uh, She's been in C5 for a long time and she's finally got out and it's, it's the dog in the four does go nice, but it's, um, she can, she's a lid pinger when she's on. And I just think back to C4 for the first time in a while, she'll notice a difference. She's getting out of them big boys. And she's at an each-way price. Um, yeah, though I can't tip Regal Birdie. I think she's all but odds on. And, oh, Spot Luge, I think she's in, she's quite in an earlier race too. She's um, she's returning from box seven. She might need the run, but Fox is drawn where she wants to be. And I think she downgraded just before going out for a break. So... If she can, um, if she can jump, she'll be hard to beat. You know how some dogs are railers and some like to run wide. Can you retrain, you know, a wide runner to to seek the rail, or or is it they are what they are? I think it's just they are what they are. Like, yeah, there's just some dogs that just want the fence, and yeah, just, well, that's Spot Lou. She's, you know, I thought she might have been sore or that, but it's just her like was worked on numerous things, and she just. Keeps running wide on that. It's just that last bend. I don't know why it's the last bend. Or, yeah, I think it's just her. <laughs> Maybe you need to get a steering column checked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, she'll probably win a lot more races if she didn't throw it away. But she's, she's, been, she's a nice enough type as it is. So, yeah. Nice, Dylan. Well, uh, and you're a busy man. you got a lot on today. It's race day at Addington. We'll follow... Uh, particularly Mustang Megan, a little each way. Just don't have to put much on, get a little bit back. That'll be a good way to see, set us up for the weekend, uh, Dylan. Thanks for joining us today. Wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, breaking news, developing stories. I can't believe you didn't play that, Sammy. I can't believe you didn't play it. Well, I thought we were going to solicit for calls first. For... We'll solicit for calls. Show me the money. Mm. If you want to play the show me the money, it's $50 TRB bonus bet. Four leg multi. And you're going to have a double task. I'll explain that. So call us now, 0800 150 811. Roberto will answer your call, Sam. Breaking news, developing stories. Interesting you say solicit, of course. It sounds somewhat illegal. It does, actually, now that you say it. <laughs> Solicitor. Yeah. Um, Dees Hasler. Deezy Boy, officially out from the uh, manly, manly sea eagles. Um... Look, this has been coming for a while, Steph, with uh, just basically the public fallout from himself and the CEO uh, and, you know, Anthony Seabold. I mean, the CEO was on camera yesterday or two days ago talking about Anthony Seabold as a replacement for Dez, and Dez wasn't even gone. Mm. It just, it was a very, very ugly um, saga for Manly, and, you know, you had Tom and Ben Travojevic saying up at the, um, I can't remember where they were doing the, doing the interview, but they basically said it's a it's a really it's a shambles and we really feel for the club so look the the i guess good news for manly fans is that it's now sort of that part of it's ended and i guess anthony seabold's probably going to be unveiled as the next coach in the coming days mm, the amazing thing is des hasler will coach someone again yeah, yeah i mean des i don't mind des hasler as a coach that the the argument that was made with manly was that he's lost and this year was obviously very tough for them. With they had the jersey saga, the rainbow jersey saga. But the but the conversation is that he's lost the dressing room, um, and it's a team that should probably have done better than it did this year, um, given where they finished up last year. Yep, they didn't have Tommy. But wasn't Des trying to sue them for a million dollars? or something? Well, that that is going to happen. That, that is going to happen. There will be legal ramifications of this. Don't you worry about that. 
there is going to be legal ramifications. And you just know if that lawsuit trickles away, uh, there's been a silent payout. Yeah, true. If we don't hear news of that, we know what's happened. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, honestly very ugly for Manly at the moment. And, and the whole player unity thing, still, there's still a big question mark over that staff, you mm. know, because of the, the Pride saga earlier this year. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway. It's time for Show Me The Money. Yeah. Do you want to play the music? Um, sure. Show you the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Amongst the 13 calls, uh, Roberto has selected a Wellingtonian. If you're a Wellingtonian on hold and your name is Scott, you are the contestant. G'day, Scott. G'day, Steffi. How you going? Very well, sir. Very well. Show me the money. Now, you get double duty here. Because Captain K is very ill at home in bed, but he sent through his pick. But also Roberto's here. So what Rubinio. are we going to do? Oh, Robinho. Yeah. Oh, Robinho. He's a midfielder. Okay, sorry. So I'm going to have a pick. Sam's going to have a pick. And then Robbie and Kieran, we're going to give you their picks, and you choose one of those, two, and your own. Yep. All yep. good? Right. All, all Just, good. Yep. I mean, you can clearly see how lucrative um, being on this segment is. Scott, I mean, even the, the producers here are fighting over whose tips get, get selected. So uh, <laughs> it's an honour, my friend, to be to be on this segment. I think Robinho was a striker as well. Okay, where do you want to start, Steph? I'll start with me. <sighs> Go on. The one we missed last week was the Waikato Bay of Plenty one. And can we just say that the one we missed last week may have been the listener's pick? It okay? was the listener's just, pick. Just to, you know, yep. make us feel a bit better. So... I'm going against Bay of Plenty as well, as the listener did last week. So it's one of those happiness bets. So I'm taking Canterbury minus nine and a half. I think they win by 10 or more, and it'll happen in the last 10 minutes, if not before. Canterbury to win by 10 or more against Bay of Plenty, $1.87. Show me the money. <clears throat> like it. Good First start. one. Sam, yours. I'll go next. Going to the Rugby League World Cup. If there's not NRL on, I'll go to the World Cup. Why not? And I'm just going to take a straight head-to-head step because I told you I'm being conservative now. I'm sort of going into my shell, as it were. Can I guess? Go on. Samoa. Yep. <laughs> Samoa v England. Uh, it's the first game of the Rugby League World Cup on Sunday morning, live on Spark Sport, and Samoa head-to-head is at a very mm, reasonable $1.60. Show me the money. Good start. Off to a good start, I reckon, Steph. Off to a tremendous start. Now, okay. Scott, you're going to hear... What's Kieran's one, Sam? Okay, and uh, Scott, you, you you probably do know this, but Kieran is a massive, massive netball fan to the point where he was almost in tears last night because he couldn't be there. Was in tears. He was in tears because he couldn't be there. Okay, <laughs> he's a massive netball fan. He's gone to the netball for game two of the Constellation Cup, and he thinks that there is going to be over 103.5 total goals in the match. Now, how many were there last night, Steph? You're going to ask me that. 50, it was, was it 56, 48? So it's that 104? 104. Whoa, so if they do that again. And the shooting percentage was down for Australia, below where they normally are. So not a bad bet. Yeah, at $1.90. Show me the So that's, that's option one. That's option one. Option Robbie, two. Robinho. Roberto. Robinho. Now, now guys, I've just... just just quickly before we get there, I've crunched the numbers. Now, not to be a not as a complete incentive for Scott here, but I have been on Show Me the Money three times. I have not missed a pick. Oh, yeah! How did you work that out? Yeah, How did you work that out? I'm I'm just I'm just saying. Just just putting Man's it out. Man's good with numbers. Um, oh, no, hold on though, you didn't pick any like dollar tens during that tenure, did you? He doesn't. Um, no, not he really. He goes large. Yeah, I tell yeah. you what, 
you're going into forbidden territory on this uh, show. I yeah. know where you're going. And I, I know I, where you're going. Yeah. I don't expect to be picked, but I, I don't mind it. Kez is a very smart man. So, I, yeah, again, Scott, if you pick Kez's pick, fair enough. In the Premier League, Liverpool, Man City, Monday morning, both teams to score and Man City to win, 288. I like Ooh. it. I think Man City will win it, but, you know, it's it's a big pick, Robbie. It's a big pick. It's a big pick, Robbie, but is it a big pick, Scott? What's your feeling? Oh, being an Everton fan, I'd love for that to happen. Oh, um, good man. <laughs> so, so I think I've got to jump on that straight away. Righto. Sorry, Kez. Sorry, Cap the K. We're oh, going the football. Right. And what it's going to do, it's going to be a juicier return. Yeah, it is. And can I just say, um, to all of our, and I say all of our listeners out there, uh, the price line on Samoa has just gone down to $1.58. So you're listening and you're playing along. $1.58 for Samoa. But that's okay. That's okay. Two cents is, is nothing to us. All right, Scott, you're the final leg. Um, I actually was looking at Samoa as well. So obviously I'll take that one Smart away. Smart man. Um, so I'll, I'm going to probably go... Conservative as well. Um, I know Steffi says don't touch football. Um, we all do. But I'm going to go with the Wellington Phoenix on the double chance uh, oh, to oof. either win or draw at a dollar forty. Okay. Well, hold on. I've got to. I've got to find it now. Um, I'm under football. Uh, oh, that's. It's just freezing up on me a little bit. I'm hurriedly looking as well. Gosh, these are so many. Here we go. Football, Australia. We're looking for the Phoenix, and they are playing Central Coast Mariners. At home, correct? Yep. yep. And you want the double That's chance. Correct, yep. uh, yeah. There it is. I found it. Double chance. So $1. Phoenix 40. and draw, is it? Phoenix and draw. So anything That's but fine, a loss. Yep. Anything but a loss. At $1.40, okay. Show me the money. That's not bad. So if we put all those together, we got Wellington, Phoenix, uh, double chance. So them to win or a draw at $1.40. Man City uh, to win the game after both teams score against Liverpool Monday morning, $2.88. Canterbury, the negative... The minus nine and a half points start against Bay of Plenty at $1.87 and Samoa to beat England in the Rugby League World Cup at $1.58. The total odds for that, $11.91. Oh, 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 so we throw on a $50 bonus bet for Show Me The Money. And the grand total is... 500 oh. And $2? My no. Maths. I've got to accept all changes. Uh, $545.64. and That'll do. That'll do. That's four tanks of gas. We wish you all the very best, Scott. Thank you. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, good weekend of viewing for you and lots of sports involved. We'll take a break and we'll have a look back in the day after this. And the 13th of October is historical. Why? Because in 1964, Dawn Fraser won three consecutive, her third consecutive Olympic 100 metre freestyle title. Incredible effort. 1987 on this day, Viv Richards scored 181 off 125 balls against Sri Lanka in a World Cup match. In 1993, the Ducks got their first ever NHL victory. Birthdays today, Doc Rivers is 61, Rob Howley is 52, Jermaine O'Neill from the NBA is 44, and Ian Thorpe Another swimming sensation turns 40 today. And on this day in 1988, the number one movie was a Jodie Foster film called The Accused and the number one song, Bang Your Head. Yes, Love Bites by a hard of hearing leopard. Uh, thank you to Roberto Robinho, Rob Aldinho for jumping in. Sammy Hewitt as well. Ricardo's arrived at the studio, your Phoenix football show. Thanks to Oppo's up next. We'll catch you all tomorrow. 
Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.